The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They thought they made a horror show. They stirred a curse deep down below. What they had built it began to feel. Forever now they must spin the wheel. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Tonight, a little something local. Spin 25, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hello, everyone. Hello, fans. Welcome back to 100 Lunatics. Tonight, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Where half of us podcasting tonight will be podcasting from Texas. Yes, sir. If you haven't guessed it by now, some of us are Texans. Some of us are Canadians. I'm your Texan, your horror lover, Daniel, with me tonight, Caruso. (laughs) And Marissa. Hello, hello. (laughs) And the Canadians, of course, our horror hater, Nathan. Hello, everyone. I would like to point out that 60% is in Texas. Hi, everyone. I'm the intern. The only sad thing tonight, and I'm surprised, honestly, that we've made it this far uh, without having any sort of major technical difficulties, but normally I would have clips prepared for tonight from the movie that we watched, that, of course, being uh, Toby Hooper's 1974, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I had some computer problems. Those clips that I spent all day pulling are no longer accessible, so we will either be Enact, uh, reenacting them ourselves, or maybe Nathan could be kind enough to pull one up once in a while on his end. Ooh. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, that yeah, that is. <laughs> while I did have some clips prepared tonight, there weren't a lot of them because the vast majority of the second half of this film is nothing but chainsaws and screaming. <laughs> well, I mean, if you in the summer in Texas, that's about right. That's right. This is a famous one. This one's been kind of milling around on the wheel for a while. It's shiny. You can see it when it spins, but it has landed on it until now. Have any of you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre before tonight? Yes. yes. No. 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 Neither one of the Canadians. I haven't seen this since I was a kid. I think I may have mentioned this before. It just wasn't... One of my go-tos. I wasn't... I, Which I don't understand why, because I liked the fucked up shit when I was younger, but I tended to stay with the goofy stuff like Freddy and Chucky and Jason. And whenever Leatherface came around, I was kind of very dismissive. Yeah. I Honestly, I feel like, well, at least for uh, Marissa and myself, it's kind of one of those things where 
just those weird true stereotypes that happen to where I feel like if you live in Texas, you kind of at some point need to watch it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like whether you listen to country music or not, if you live in Texas, you understand that George Strait is a fucking national treasure. You know what I mean? Right. It's just one of those actual true Texas stereotypes that I've learned from living here. My yeah, it's and got it. Can we really get into uh, the adolescent Daniel psychology and why he chose to like the goofy stuff instead of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know what? Nathan brings up a good point. How do you go for Freddy and all that and you don't like Blade 2? Explain yourself. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about a guy that put every single absolute vodka magazine um, advertisement all over his wall. Wow. And and embraced Beavis and Butthead completely and fully. So I, it's, it's a strange brain, and we can't really go too deep without, uh, you know, tainting our own perception of the world. So let's just... That's right. <laughs> when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back into you. <laughs> I think... I think because even at that time, I recognized that there was a gritty realness to Texas Chainsaw that I wasn't entirely ready to get into, maybe. Um, Had you seen this movie prior to moving to Texas? uh, No, no. I saw this movie when I lived in Texas, so I did fulfill my Texan duty. Okay. Your manifest destiny of horror movies moving to Texas. Yeah, my manifest Texas-tiny. Texas-tiny. What what age? Manitext. Destiny. Boom. <laughs> what age did you move to Texas from Norway? Uh, it wasn't a direct move. We went from Norway to Australia what? and Hong Kong. What? And then eventually got into Texas when I was, I think, four? Yeah, maybe four years okay. old. Okay. How much do you remember from this adventure? Mm, I remember a little bit of Australia. That's about it. Okay. okay. Um, you remember Mel Gibson? Yes, we hung out. Daniel really loves that lethal weapon. Yep. I was on the set of uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Ooh. <laughs> God, Fury Road is so good. <laughs> Should have won Best Picture, man. Six Oscar one. Yep. Andrew, comments? <laughs> He's crying over Spotlight. Nope. No comments. <laughs> it, was, it was nominated for how many, though? Like 11? And it won yeah, six. It's like a failure, right? No, like the percentage of like nominations win. to wins is like it's pretty, it's pretty bad. So I mean, it made like what, like close to sixty percent of their noms. Oh. No, <laughs> you should you should have seen the interns spurn tweets about the Danish girl. Who? <laughs> let's let's just say, and this is a true statement, and a, and a very. I think appropriate statement for this podcast. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road won six more Oscars than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't win any awards, although it is considered now number one on many horror lists, if not for the scariest, if for one of the most respected. And this movie was successful when it came out. Okay. It did win an award this year, or last year, sorry, 2015. It won an award for, for best uh, Blu-ray DVD anniversary release. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Not as exciting as Best Picture. Close. <laughs> <laughs> 50 close. some odd years later. Real close, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, well, Daniel, why is it so celebrated? What What is it about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that, um, you know, says to the uh, genre enthusiasts that this is a potential number one on their list? That's a big deal to be number one on a on a genre lover's list. It is a big deal, yeah. and much like Pumpkinhead. Oh. <laughs> Really? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre shares something with that that makes it unique from most other horror films, especially horror films in this genre, which Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't necessarily start, but definitely said, here's the established format that we've pieced together over the last decade. Horror genre, take it and run with it for the next 50 years. Okay. So, like, breaking ground. Yes, it's breaking ground. This is low-budget exploitation horror. Oh, well, kind of like a, I don't want to say a trailblazer, but kind of like a trendsetter like Halloween was. Yes, exactly. Like Halloween is crammed full of cliches and stereotypical shit that happens in horror movies, but that's because that's, like, you don't shit on Casablanca for having, you know, cliche lines or, you know, scenes and stuff like that because... Because it that's, made them. That's where they came from. Yeah, you don't go uh, back before that and be like, oh, they've done this a million times. Like, go fuck Halloween yourself. is a slasher movie, and this movie preceded Halloween. Oh, no, I know. By, like, what, four years? Two yeah. years? Something like that? Right. I'm, so, I'm just so saying. could say the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in terms of slasher horror movies, sawed through the door oh, <laughs> you dirty bitch <laughs> I'd also like to, it's really important Is that, that we slap? refer to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Casablanca throughout the rest of this podcast <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do um, but no. just coming up that would be fantastic guys I'll see how much I can shoehorn it in there naturally which There's is an oxymoron shoehorning naturally, but whatever. But no, I mean like Halloween. It, I mean, it was within that same three or four years that they came out. It, it was just, I put it up there with Texas, Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as in like one of those very early ones that set the standard and like, like you said, the formula of what horror should be. Well, frankly, Caruso, I don't give a damn. I know <laughs> you hate horror. It's okay. No, I thought, isn't that a Casablanca? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah frankly, no, like, I don't give a damn. Yeah, right. Yeah. Play. Well, respected, I think, is the key word, because we've got sevens, high sevens, 80% from every single rating place you can find. If you want to just go Metacritic with it, it's a nice, firm, stable 75, Okay, which I think is uh, very respectable, especially considering how long the movie's been out. That 75 means that, yes, for sure, this movie is a success in some form, even whether or not you like it. Well, based on that theory, Andrew, you've got you got some shit to do with yourself internally over Fury Road. <laughs> that all sounds fucked if, up. If, if all Metacritic and all rating systems coming together equal, this is definitely a success, then you know, you got to suck it up there, pal. Yeah, we'll give, we'll give Mad Max 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta. Okay, Daniel's saying we gotta wait some, wait, wait for a while. So I do have something to say here. Uh, Slant Magazine uh, did a hundred their hundred best horror movies, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the number one movie on their wow. list. Wow! Wow! Saying right. that, we can discredit them immediately 
because The Exorcist is number 15. Wow. Yeah. You know what? I think they're. Yeah, no, I I just recently read an article from them and they were pulling some stupid shit, so. Right, but do you know why? Do you know why I bothered to mention that this movie shares something in common with Pumpkinhead? Why? It is that there's no blood or gore really in this movie. Mm, Good call. Yeah, slasher they... movie without blood or gore, and Halloween. Halloween. Halloween's much like that as well. For all, it's it's all conceptual horror. Everything was that, was that a reflection of the MPAA uh, nonsense at the time? Were they doing that specifically because they were trying to come in at a specific rating so yes. that they could yes, but for distribute to a certain audience to make a certain amount of money? He tried twice to get a PG thirteen rating. No, and... no, even. Even crazier than that, where in most cases they're desperate to like fit in as much as they can and still make an R. In this case, Toby Hooper didn't give a shit about gore or violence or cursing or nudity. He wanted madness. And so he went to the MPAA and said, what do I need to do to make this movie PG? Oh, PG. Yeah. And he tried as hard as he could to match everything that they said. And in the end, they looked at it and they said, as a whole, it is too fucked up to be PG. It's yeah. got to be R, even though you don't have any blood or any like actual gore. All the chainsaw scenes are done from like a distance or a certain angle so you don't have to see anything. So really we're missing out mm. on a crazier version. Damn, so he doled it down to try and get this rating and then didn't get it after all. And so we just get a tame movie now. No, 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 no. We get a, we get the exact movie that he wanted. It just got an R rating where he wanted to have oh, a PG. Okay. He wa- he's Toby Hooper is fucked up. He wanted everyone possible to see this young and old and experience this madness. And in the end, they were like, "Come on, Toby, dude. T Hoops is crazy, man. You don't. We don't need twelve year old kids seeing Leatherface sledgehammer people in the head. Yeah. Two, two things. Number one, I've never seen the remake. Of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Neither have I. We'll get there. I'm kind of curious, for those of you who have seen it, does it go somewhere darker than this in terms of gore and and blood and violence? Violence, yes. Yeah, Yeah. Violence, yes. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And number two, um, the intern said something that I never heard of before. PG-13? Does he mean 14A? (laughs) <laughs> the Canadian rating it's probably what it is sorry I, I, I'm I'm used to 14A I don't know what PG-13 mm-hmm. is what the hell but is do you know what the original rating was for this Daniel what X yes what and he toned it down a little bit to get the R rating Man. where he wanted the, the PG MP, one the MPAA back in the 70s hey? they were just like this uptight no what Mormon yeah, they were they were bad in the seventies. In the eighties, though, is where they were like Nazis. Fucking Nancy Reagan. They dude. ruined everything in the eighties. Bastards. All right, we're taking a long time <laughs> with the facts and information on Texas Chainsaw, but it's because there's interesting shit here to talk about. The filming of this movie was as crazy of a low budget nightmare as you can imagine, and Marissa Caruso. And Nathan, you know, too, because you've had a little bit of a taste of what the Texas heat is like. Imagine filming a movie like this in Texas in August, the hottest month of the year, during a heat wave in mostly settings that are involving decaying carcasses. And a lot of running. And costumes that can't be washed because they've been decorated a very particular way and they can't afford to lose them. 
So everyone is sweating their balls off, surrounded by dead, rotting animals, and can't change their clothes, and filming 16 hours a day, seven days a week for a month. I gotta say, right out of the gate, Leatherface had it the worst, right? Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, God. Just stuck behind that sweaty fucking mask. You get, like, swamp-ass up to your neck. No wonder he was killing everyone. There's a kid, it's like a teenager playing the grandpa character with that terrible headpiece. Is it really? And... I think they could only film him for like one day. There is, I, I watched the making of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they talk about this day called the Hell Day where Perfect Storm. nobody in the movie after this day wanted to work with Toby Hooper again. Especially the hitchhiker character, like the crazy older brother. Um, James Franco. Yeah, because yeah. they did that whole scene where the girl is trapped at the end and they're having dinner. That was one 27-hour shoot. Oh. And I think Sally or the Marilyn Burns, the lady that plays Sally, lost her voice. I was going to say. Everyone almost died from heat exhaustion. Oh, my God. People got, like, weird pink eye infections from all these rotting carcasses and, like, feces and shit that was everywhere. Oh all the bones. <laughs> oh, man. And then just sweating, sweating, sweating. And to top it off, the guy, uh, what's his name? <clears throat> Paul A. Partain, who plays Franklin, the invalid. That the movie calls him the invalid. He's got great muscular legs, though, for a paralyzed man. Uh, he was one of those like annoying guys that wants to stay in character even when they're not filming anymore. Uh. So imagine being in those conditions and then just having to hang out with Franklin every day. Uh, God. Gosh. It's a good thing he's not annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That just just wheeling after people. Hey, you want to look at my knife? Is that blood? Is that blood on the knife? <sighs> push hard. Push, push harder. Down. Up and down. Yeah, get my pee bucket. My pecan. My pecan. My pecan. Pecan. Oh, man. Texas pecan. Texas pecan. Yep. Shit. If he was going to pee in a can, he could have done it in the goddamn van. Exactly. Right? They didn't have to bust out the two by fours. But he was like sitting in that van in the middle of everybody facing every. You know what I mean? Wheel up to the back window and get her done. Yeah. Keep driving. <laughs> kick open the back and then just zip him and hang him by his top half. Or you in the back. Now you're talking about dragging him behind you on a highway. He's got wheels. That's not correct. He's got um, wheels. <laughs> Or you like you go to hand him his pecan and he's like shakes his head like no. I'm gonna turn this the other can. Tripping out over the word pecan. One can, two can, invalid peas in pecan. No, I get that it's a pea space can, but they're saying pecan. I know, like the bird. Yeah, yeah. For the Canadians, uh, pecans are kind of a Texas thing. Yeah. 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 pie. Pecan pie. Yeah, for sure. Get my paw on. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. Yes, movie went way over budget. There's this is this is there's a really interesting story here because this movie ties directly into uh, Deep Throat. Oh, okay. Of course it does. Wait, the porno or like the scandal? The scandal. Oh, okay. Uh, the mafia scandal. Okay. So what? Toby Hooper and his writer um, Kim Henkel. Formed a production company called Vortex. They used this production company with some investors to fund this film. They got 50 grand. The movie in the end ended up costing 125 grand. In order to get that kind of money, 
Toby and, and his partner Henkel had to slowly like sell off pieces of their production company to some of the actors as like in placement of getting payment with the promise that, hey, whatever this movie makes, you now get to make whatever we pay you plus an extra one or two percent of of, the back end of total net which is a great deal because even if the movie just makes like a little bit of money the investors get their money back and then anything on top of that goes right to them yeah anyways what they didn't know was that after the movie came out and the movie was hyper successful made 30 40 million it's hard to gauge what kind of numbers it actually did make all of them were expecting huge checks but it turned out that toby and some of his lawyers had to go and make a deal with a known mafia distributor. Oh, God. The distributor used all of the profits from the film to launder their own money. And then because <laughs> Vortex was actually a company owned by another company, their 1% shares were actually 1% shares of 1% shares. Oh, man. So the actors made, at most, I think, hundreds of dollars. Damn. From this movie. Some of them sued and got a little bit of money when New Line Cinema came in and bought up the property once everything fell through. So they but, got Andrew Garfield's social network fucked. Yep. Yeah, it said Damn. They, between the 20 actors, uh, they got to split $8,100. Damn. Wow. Hell, hell Day became Don't Ever Fucking Call Me Again Day. Yeah. For yes. Sure. Understandably. God. <clears throat> no, that's. That. That is exactly right. And we're dealing with a cast of mostly people that didn't continue to go on to act. That's Those, probably why. I'm 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 sorry, Toby Who? Toby yeah. Hooper. I don't I don't fucking know anyone named Toby. Fuck off. <laughs> fucking face. Tobe. Well yeah, we know Tobe. T hoops. Tobe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's T O B E. Yeah. It's like a pretentious Toby. It's like two B. Mm. Those are the worst. Pretentious Tobies are the worst. Call me, <laughs> call me Tobe. Tobe. Cooper. Uh, Tobe. What, a shitty, what Tobe. a shitty name. What a shitty person. Fuck this movie. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Damn. I did get the impression from watching some of the behind the scenes stuff that he is probably kind of like a, a dick. Like he just he wants to get the job done no matter what, and he will push you there if it requires a thirty hour filming day. God. So be it. And yeah, he also. David Fincher without the talent. Yeah, and he smokes <laughs> and he smokes a cigar like a like an evil villain. Like he has it in his right hand, and he's constantly like flicking it and like tapping it and like putting it up to his mouth and giving a quick little puffs. Like that's what uh uh Clive Barker does. I just saw him in an interview. We were watching the behind the scenes on Dracula, and he's sitting there with a cigar the whole time too. Yeah, I wonder if that's a weird horror director thing. It fits, and Toby gets some credit because he was he directed Poltergeist. Under Spielberg's, I'm sure, heavy tutelage. Yeah. Because if you take a look at the rest of Toby Hooper's filmography. He did the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, he did part one and part two. He did Poltergeist. And from there, it's a sharp turn down. Life Force Uh, is all right. Life Force is okay. That could just be a comment on his, you know, meticulous nature rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah, probably. That, That could be. He did the TV movie Salem's Lot. Uh, he did the TV movie Body Bags. Body Bags is kind of fun. He did The Mangler, which is a god-awful horror film. I think most recently... I well, mean, we we already said it, but T-O-B-E, that's pretty pretentious. I yeah. mean, go fuck yourself, Toby, right? Yeah. Tobe, right? Am most right? recently, he did Jin, like D-J-I-N-N. Yeah, I saw that. I was actually interested. 
Yeah, uh, not good reviews on anything. Okay, I've heard that. Was Salem's Lot any good, the TV one? It's People might like it nostalgically. Was that Rob Lowe? It's pretty bad. Was Rob Lowe in that? I think why so. Do I think, why do I think Rob Lowe was in Salem's Lot? I think you just always think about yeah. Do I? Don't you? Oh, I, no. love, I love Rob Lowe. <laughs> not like you love Gyllenhaal. No, no, what? I'm a Gyllenholic. All right, let me run through this list so we can keep track of who's still alive from this movie. Okay. Uh, Henkel, the writer, still alive. Didn't write anything after this except for just more Texas Chainsaw stuff. He's okay. attached to two in the next generation. Other than that, nothing. So Kim Henkel is a man? Yes. Okay. It is a man. Um, Sally, played by Marilyn Burns. She just died in 2014. That's pretty recent. Okay. Um, she's kind of like a screen queen. She's what? the main chick. Towards the end, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, she's the main chick, yeah. The one who you, you can see her nips the whole time. White yeah. bell bottoms. White bell bottoms, yeah. Heard that. Final girl. Yeah, the final girl. Uh, Jerry, Disco Stew. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't act again. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just called it quits. Yeah, I I like that. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, no, I don't. we're not going to kill a black dude first in a movie. We're going to kill the douchebag with the afro. Yeah, we we're going to we're gonna kill a Jewish guy. Yeah, we and, need to get rid of him. And in the documentary, he even says, like, I'm Jewish. I didn't get any money from this film. That really, that really hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to comprehend the gravity of the situation. Yeah. Um, Franklin, Paul A. Bartain, uh, did a couple other movies in the 70s and then stopped. Uh, he died in 2005. He, uh, basically the chubbier version of a Bobby Monaghan or whoever from SNL. Yeah, Moynihan. Yeah. Moynihan, yeah, from uh, Derek Comedy. Yeah. Looks I totally exactly like him. When we were watching the movie, that, hey, it's an SNL fat guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That, it was, uh, he looks exactly like him. Or it's an invalid version of Joey from Fire the 13th Part 5, The New Beginning. But there's oh, also if- that other, <laughs> like the pre-Moynihan SNL guy, Artie, I think his name was, from the previous cast. Horatio Sands? Horatio Sands, yeah, same guy. Basically, Horatio yeah. Horatio Sands, Moynihan, Buddy from Texas Chainsaw, it's all the same guy. Yeah, I feel like Will if you... Sasso. Well, if you took uh, Fred Armiston and he had a love child with Moynihan, you would get Horatio Sands. Okay, going deep. <laughs> going deep. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, deep. I'm just saying. Okay, let's move on to the next character. <coughs> Kirk, played by William Vale, also known as the, uh, the other guy, the guy that's not Disco Stew. Or Fatty Franklin. Oh, the oh, okay. the supposed to be the pretty boy running around with his shirt unbuttoned all the way down. That guy. Yep. Okay. He Harry, did... Harry Chested Clark Kent. Yep. <laughs> See this this movie was a trailblazer because they had a man slut. They did. You know what I mean? He was the slutty one, really. The chicks, I mean, booty shorts and no camel uh, toe jeans. Yeah, and like bell bottoms and tight white pants. That was just the style of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got this guy running around all sweaty with his shirt. The only part that's not unbuttoned is what's tucked in. Other than that, that shit would be off. Oh yeah. You know, we got the we got man slut. So, they got belly button cut. Is that a is that a first time for this? Uh, no, we've had man slut. It, yeah, but it is in the early days of man sluttery. So okay. there's the heyday Man sluttery. Yeah. I think August in Texas is probably playing a role in the costume choice. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pops up in Poltergeist, uh, Too Young to Die, Buffalo Soldiers, a lot of TV. He does okay wait, for himself. Wait, what? Was was that all one title? Poltergeist, Too Young to Die, Buffalo Soldiers? Yeah. Yeah. That's the title. No, no. I, oh, okay. Three wait, different uh, movies. Oh, 
Dude, I thought it was Poltergeist 2, Too Young to Die Buffalo Soldiers. <laughs> no. It's like, holy shit, now they're on like a Buffalo Soldier burial ground, and it's like, oh man, that would have been something. We don't really know. We don't know. We don't know. Did he suck cock in a public bathroom for money? Who knows? Probably. Wow. Some trucker was like, you look like Chuck Norris with his beard shaved. Get on my knob. <laughs> <laughs> the early days of the glory hole. Kick his ass, sea bass. Yeah. We're like, it didn't matter because everybody stank. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's oh. sweat. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, Pam, the other girl, the one with like the open back shirt. Oh, booty yeah. shorts. Booty shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Terry McMinn, uh, she does nothing really else after this. Uh, she just moves on with her life. The hitchhiker, Edwin Neal, who vowed never to work with Toby again. He shows up in JFK and... Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Oh, wow. sweet. Yeah, very versatile What's actor, that one. JFK? I don't know. The third gunman on the grassy knoll. Yeah, probably like a Reporter 2. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Uh, the Old Man, played by J- Jim C. Dow, died in 2003. This, Wait. W- this would be one of his only ventures into film other than the sequel. The uh, store? The shopkeep? Yeah, the shopkeep, the dad, okay. the cook. Fat Neil Diamond? The cook, Fat Neil Diamond, yep. <laughs> My actual favorite character of the movie. And then, of course, Gunnar Hansen playing Leatherface died last year. Oh. didn't Actually, I think... I- mm-hmm. Didn't he reprise his role for the remake? I don't think so. Okay. Because I remember there's there's always drama whenever, you know, even if it's a masked killer, you don't know who it is. The horror lovers, you guys know all about that. It really depends on who plays Jason, who's really yeah, I'm, playing. I'm sure they called for Gunner to come back and do it, but I don't think that they went with him. But he did one and two. He did one. Really? He didn't do two. And when they interviewed him about why he didn't do two, he said because when they came to him, they offered him scale plus 10% for his agent. And he said, is that the kind of offer you would make to Leatherface for your sequel? Like, I don't even want, like, a lot. Yeah. Just not scale. Because I almost died making the last one. Right. Why don't you come back with something a little bit more respectful? And so they came back with scale minus the 10%. So okay. he said no to number two. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Toby fought that hard for him. He just seems like a dick to begin with. He, he seems like the guy would be like, oh, it's a masked character. We can get any, you know, big hillbilly to play. Oh, put a fat guy in a mask. What, is it, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then my last my last weird little fact about this is now, Andrew, I get the feeling you did a little research on this. So if you know this, don't pipe in right away. Ooh. What? Um, Shots fired. Do you guys want to take a guess at who did the opening narration for this film? Reading the crawl. Is it somebody we would know? Maybe. God, I would have to hear it again. Yeah. John Larroquette. How did he get paid? With marijuana. Really? Yeah, he got a joint. Wait, okay, who is he, first off? Night Court. Night Court. The narrator? The Yeah, yeah the, the person reading the is... text at the beginning of this movie is He's John Larroquette from Night Court. Oh, yeah. okay. Gucci lawyer from Night Court. Yeah. He also shows up in Boston Legal. Yeah. And he did a few movies. He's back. done. He's If you saw his face, you'd go, oh, Texas Chainsaw 
Massacre. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Finally. Supposedly based on a true story of some similar massacre that happened in Texas. People to this day still believe that this movie is based on some similar massacre in Texas, but it's not. This movie is loosely based on some characteristics of Ed Gein, uh, the body snatcher, quote-unquote serial killer, not quite a serial killer, only killed two actual people, Okay, but did have a fucked-up relationship with his mother, who died, he became a recluse, he started digging up bodies and taking their skin and making them into costumes and masks and using their bones and organs to make furniture and knickknacks. Oh. Opening graveyard, somebody's been stealing some bodies. Mm. Somebody has impaled parts of bodies onto a gravestone or headpiece, gravepiece. And they force you to look at it for a minute. For quite a while. And you have to yeah. sit there and think about, like, that thing... From like belly button to behind, just straight gooch cut down just to get that like a hand puppet. Yep. They have the nice setting sun in the background. It's a nice glowing orange everywhere cascading around everything. You have like the the radio news voice talking about the fucked up story that's about to bring our characters into play. In Muerto County, Texas. Mm-hmm. Like Death County, Dead County, Texas. Yeah. This is happening. Yes. Go Some- figure, right? Somewhere in between San Antonio and Austin, it's supposed I to think. Taking place in Travis, mm-hmm. apparently. And the sound at the beginning, the no, oh, like a little weird cow. Well, it's like the sound of a camera taking a picture. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but... yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. And then immediately, I remembered. I had this like weird moment where I had this, I guess, impressioned flashback of the remakes trailer like the remake preview Mm -hmm. where it really utilized that sound Mm -hmm. i don't know i had this strange moment where i was like oh shit okay Mm -hmm. they used the trailer as a tribute to the original obviously but and it is kind of a creepy sound the the whiny like it's kind of yeah are you saying you appreciate that they used it in the remake trailer i found it to be creepy and a very, um, yeah, like uncomfortable noise or sound that I had never heard before when they used it in the, in, in the trailer for the remake. And to hear it in the original, just kind of like, I just had a moment where everything made sense in the world. Hmm. Now, do you mean, do you mean like the camera flash sound going off? Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that camera flash sound too. And I had copied a couple of good samples that I don't have with me to share, unfortunately. But yes, I also like those sounds, and I even like the music that kicks in sort of during, like, the credit scene, like, after we get that long shot. Then it's that weird, like, uh, heat shot of the sun or, like, a planet and heat coming off of it throughout the intro credits. Is that mm-hmm. what that was? Something? Yeah, and there's, it's the music and the weird sounds that are playing during those opening credits are, like, pieces of sounds taken directly from slaughterhouses. And then manipulated. They admit they may have a cholera epidemic on their hands. Some 40 cases of a highly infectious disease have been confirmed. Yeah, so lots of distorted instruments mixed with like the metal thudding sounds of cows being moved in line through slaughterhouses. Just hammered to the back of the head. Uh huh. 
There'll be a lot of slaughterhouse talk in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of then, a lot of chain dangling sounds. Mm-hmm. A lot of chains just dangling. Mr. Hooper chooses to open on a dead armadillo and hold firm on this armadillo for quite some time. Yeah, yes. we, we've now established twice that you're in for a movie that is going to revolve around rotting and decaying dead things. Yeah. As well as open up on our van full of innocent 20-somethings? Sure, except for Jufro. That dude's like 32. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's trying to fool. He's the driver. He's the dad character. <laughs> exactly. His fate is sealed as the driver and the dad character. Um, We have Sally, the girl in the white pants. We also have Franklin the Invalid, who is Sally's brother. Yes. Okay. I think so. In the wheelchair, who is along for this uncomfortable fifth wheel ride. Uh, Yeah. Because there's the hot, slutty couple, um, Pam and Kirk. Then you've got Disco, Stu, Jerry, Sally, and Franklin, her brother. Poor Franklin, stuck in a wheelchair, sweaty, gross. And then they have to stop on the side of the freeway so that he can be rolled out into the grass and can pee in his pecan. Mm-hmm. Now, when the eighteen wheeler drives by and like scares everyone, what what is flung out of the eighteen wheeler? I I thought he like drove by and it, like shot up dirt and did, it, yeah, did it just shoot up some dirt. That's what I thought. Yeah. Was it like a muddy puddle? I thought yeah, putty I muddle. Know. I just thought it was like the gust of wind fast that pushed him. Well, Manslut got hit with something. Yeah, oh, like okay. a straight. Like cow patty. Yeah, well, it looked like, you know, somebody's just off screen threw a bucket of dirt at him. Mm-hmm. Not like mud, but like damp dirt. That's what I thought it was. On top of the fact that if you see a truck coming, how can you be? It's an open Texas road. Right. Everyone way overreacts to this safety well, wheeler passing. Pecan homeboy throws himself down a hill. <laughs> okay, before he goes, he chucks that can way up in the air. Yeah. Yep. He's like Kareem with that shit. Splatters and just, everyone. Yep. And he actually, uh, for being as top heavy as Franklin seemed, he actually stayed on his chair a lot longer than I thought he would have going down that hill. Yeah. I was expecting earlier eating shit and more rolling down the hill but he got a nice little ride on the way down it was just like a carnival ride i thought so and he's saying he's not having fun yeah that's what they do to have fun that's absurd you just roll someone in a wheelchair really fast and then stop really hard and let them fly out of it it's It's fun spoke jamming cripples yeah they're not gonna hurt their legs anymore (laughs) they can't get none more paralyzed (laughs) thank god that his dick wasn't flopping around though yeah, I mean, uh, thinking was gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, it really didn't. He's he's got he's a chody kind of guy. He's got because he likes those those wines. Mm-hmm. So with that know. invalid dick. Oh, Ah, and then back in the car so that we can hear about Saturn in retrograde. Like, oh, we should give a shit. Yeah, guys, horoscopes? Anyone? Anyone have Saturn in retrograde? I don't even Can know. Can I just sure. talk about Pam for a minute? Let's talk about Pam, Nathan. Let's talk about Pam. This feels to me like this is Pam, or rather the actress that plays Pam as well. You could lump them together. This is a small window. I'm just, my impression of her is that this is a very small window for her to be attractive. That she's destined to be ugly. Oh, like she had this one small period in her actor's life to be like the slutty character? Um, yes. I just think she's got this like 
these eyebrows and this thing going on that's like this is a, a moment you know where this this face is gonna you know alter very very soon in the not too distant future and things are gonna go sour anyone else get that so you couldn't enjoy the performance by how ugly this chick was gonna look in a couple years in the future her future ugliness hung in the balance and you're like ugh I just (laughs) I had this moment of (laughs) talking Saturn and stuff and I was like is is this I mean this girl's dressed up to be you know the scream queen attractive girl but is she is she attractive? And I said, sat there thinking in my brain that I'm like, not not really. Like, and then occasionally a few angles. I was like, okay, all right. I think this is just a small window scenario. You're like Saturn's retrograde is very thin. She is not mm. going to be attractive for long. Yeah, she put your <laughs> she put your dick in retrograde. <laughs> Damn, she got that retro retrograde wide vagina. <laughs> you want to see the ring around Saturn? Sounds <laughs> wow. like a good ad for a condom company, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, she's actually coming out in something called Awakening this year in 2016. Wow, is that a another mm. was a gay lesbian community movie? Trojan ribbed. Now it's Saturn rings. Stay woke, fam. Stay woke, fam. May the force stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may the force be woke. Mm-hmm. But we get a lot of Saturn retrograde talk. Because there's planets aligning. We're going to get a lot of shots of moons and suns in between scenes in this movie. Which I actually kind of like. They set up like a very paced out day. That starts with like the early morning sun from the graveyard. And it kicks us through the early afternoon, high noon, into the evening, into the deep, deep night, and then back around in the morning time by the end of the movie. It's a nice, like, complete mm-hmm. 24-hour cycle of madness. Oh, and the last yeah, shot is sure. sunset. And they get it all in there. They get the beautiful sun. They get the moons. It's a full moon. So it's a full moon. Saturn's in retrograde. Shit is fucked up. And it is meant to be fucked up. Today is not a good day to be driving around in a van full of Franklins. Ooh. I appreciate a lot of this first part of the movie um the wide shots the slow panning um even even some of the stuff in the van with this well one of the members of the fucked up family just the the music choice and you can hear the air blowing by the van Mm -hmm. outside and it's just i don't know there's something about the first part of this movie that really feels like they went to great effort to encapsulate a certain um Experience. They did a really good job with the sound. Yeah. And the cinematography. Yeah. Uh, The sound, the only, I liked a lot of the sounds, especially the crazy sounds Leatherface made. Whether they're actually terrifying or funny, they're great sounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love all of that shit. But the only problem I had was that whenever somebody's getting beat with something or like, having harm inflicted on them for the most part they didn't even put in sound effects for it oh sorry i was being specific about the van scene yeah oh okay we're talking about the first part of the movie before it gets violent okay i thought it was just general like sound design overall oh no 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 we're we're, we're walking through the field approaching the house and it's panning across yeah and it's you know yeah and it looks it looks fucking hot in that van 
Yeah. So yeah, hot in that van. Yeah, no, they the whole van conversation is captured very well. The music in the background, we were talking about it as we were watching it because they were like, is this a good music choice? And I'm like, I think it is. I think it's this kind of generic background music and you can hear the air blowing by the van on the outside of the the van it does feel like they're in motion it feels i don't know there's yeah. just uh, oh yeah it had all the harmonica music yeah it has like that. has, oh, has, that's right yeah okay. they, they play yeah. off the, like the creepy vibe of everything with really like light-hearted playful country You're tunes in, in the Texas background kind yeah. of stuff it all adds to it because with that stuff in the background being so consistent and and capturing that um experience very audibly and visually it's also got this conversation going on with this creepy fucked up individual that is causing this tension and this anxiety that builds. And I, I was really enjoying the first part of this movie. I thought it was going somewhere. I really felt it was going somewhere strong. And we get a really creepy conversation provided to us by Franklin about the slaughterhouses in the area. Yeah, and he was happy to talk about it. He was very happy to talk about it because they're the whole point of these kids being out here is that they have... Someone's been digging up bodies in this graveyard, so the police have put out a report that, hey, if you have a family member that's been buried in this graveyard, come meet with us so that we can check and make sure that all the parts are there, that you're not one of the people whose bodies are has been taken. So that's why the people are out here. And while they're out here, they're also going to visit Franklin and Sally's father's property, which they own, because their family is somehow tied to the, like, the slaughter industry yeah. in this small town in Texas. And he's going to describe the slaughter industry and how they used to do it back in the day, which was just to have men called killers that would just sledgehammer cows in the skull all day, every day. That was their job. Damn. But, Daniel, isn't it better to use uh, an air gun now? Isn't that more effective? Yeah, that's what they use now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently. And Franklin, like has like an autistic moment where he's keeps making the sound of the air gun over and over, even after everyone is like cringing at him doing it. And the camera is focusing on him, just making more of the sound like ch -ch 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 and everyone's sort of panicking in the car for a split second. It gets really, there's moments in this movie that achieve like acid level weirdness. He's, he is an anthropomorphic broken record. He's is so it is so strange. I I spent a lot of this time going somewhat into the territory that I can feel Nathan is in, and then swinging way back the other way. Like, do you know how difficult it is to portray this sort of insanity? Yeah. Andrew, and, do you do you prefer the air gun method? No, I prefer the sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. What? 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 It's more humane. What? What do you mean it's more humane? Well, you know, just uh, gets done right away. Yeah, you really like the the feel of the sledgehammer like in, crushing in the skull yeah, of the. You get to. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it would take you know like three, or four the hits. Yeah. You have to skin them alive. Yeah, you really like the, the crushing of the skull part of it. It's yeah. Okay. Andrew's more of a hands-on type of rancher. Yeah. The hammer in your. Are hand. you sure? Because I've heard that the air gun is more effective. It is. It probably wasn't back in the 70s, but it definitely is now. They, I mean, it's even a crazier, more efficient version of that older air gun, too. Yeah, the air gun's like on a big, hefty skull, like a cow skull. Great. I think it's it's going to do the job and move on. But for like softer skulls, baby heads and the such, I the think the explosion air gun was damn effective damn. all the time. But I think that this hitchhiker fellow is, well... I think he likes the sledgehammer more because of who he is and because of the family that he is a part of. 
Yes, the yeah. hitchhiker. Well, Have we ever picked up a hitchhiker <clears throat> in a horror movie ever no. without it going terribly wrong? Are there not movies no. about it? Right. I've never seen the hitcher. With the hitchhiker in Texas Chainsaw, who was only known as the hitchhiker, um, yeah, fucked up yeah. right away. Right away. Sweaty, grinning, huge birthmark down his face. Was that a birthmark? I assume so. I thought he had blood thought, on his yeah. face. He had like a couple of weird like... Like black like spots? Like type wounds on, like <laughs> sores on his face, but... Yeah. No, he definitely had sores on his face, but that... That one big thing is definitely a birthmark. I thought it was. I didn't. It didn't look like he had it uh, later on in the movie. I thought it was just blood, and they picked him up with blood on his face. I was like, "What the? F- what do you expect?" Or, or it could be that his father or his brother, you know, took an iron to his face or something. That could also be. Well, I mean, yeah, that that could definitely be. Stranger things have happened, and he has something to contribute to the little conversation about slaughterhouses. That he pull, he has pictures that he keeps in his like little fur pouch, like raccoon heads pouch, <laughs> and they're just pictures of dead slaughterhouse carcasses, and he is giddy to share them. And they don't think it's that weird either, because they're like, "Ooh, I want to see," like, oh, like passing gross. the pictures around and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, I I've been working and cooking in kitchens my entire life. And if somebody was like, oh, yeah, this is what I used to do, and they showed me pictures, I'd be like, damn, those are no really nice sides of beef or whatever. But if the dude just, you know, he hasn't worked there and God knows how long, and he still carries those around with him. That's what would freak me out. And Not looks- so much the content, but that he needs that content on deck 24-7 inside a dead animal around his neck. It's that important to him. I think Franklin is genuinely interested in the photos, but I think that Kurt and Pam are like, what? What the fuck is this? Yeah, great. <laughs> great great picture. Take this back. Get out. Get this out of my face. Like, is that all you have in that pouch? Yeah, what else do you have in the pouch? <laughs> what is... Who are you? Get out of this fucking van. I, they shouldn't have picked him up in the first place, and then when he busts out those pictures out of an animal thing, you would think like, hey, man... As far as you're going, yeah, we're getting a real. It's sometimes fun to think about how dated things happen in movies and how they don't relate to present day, and how hitchhiking is something that back then was something where you were open to it. Like it was, you saw someone on the side of the road, and it was like, should we? Yeah, and you know why you should? Why? Because you could have dinner with us. My brother makes good head cheese. Do you like head cheese? <laughs> oh, yeah, about that. Okay. Everything they just described is actually really delicious. He just made it sound shitty. Because uh, okay. uh, head cheese is horrifying. Well, like all of like the face meat and like all that shit. Mm-hmm. All the mu- Dude, that's barbacoa. That's, no, no, cheek oh. meat is great. Cheek oh, meat yeah. is great. I just don't want the gelatinous... Caruso, when you were listening to him say it, were you like, mm, oh, delicious? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I, I, we just got burgers, but I wanted tacos after that. Some head cheese tacos. Oh, man. It's the greasiest shit in the world, but. Did, did oh. you turn to Marissa and Daniel while you were watching it and say, he's not fucking around. That stuff's good. No, I audibly no. said, like, why not is even he. Even I, like, no. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah, it doesn't sound. Like, if if you're from San Antonio, every Sunday, 
whether you go to church or not, afterwards you go get barbacoa tacos and a Big Red. That's Sunday in San Antonio. So when he starts talking about that, I mean, it's making us miss San Antonio and we're only in Austin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's delicious. It's The problem is the boil down fat that they gelatinize around all that delicious barbacoa to make head cheese. I understand. I've had head cheese. It's not the same, but it's like uh to okay, well, to someone who doesn't know or is not familiar with that kind of food, the word head cheese is, is unfortunate. Awkward. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the nicest way you can put that, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like calling it a pituitary gland sweetbreads. Yeah. Like it's a nice treat or something. And Franklin knows. Like everyone's grossed out in the car and he's like, you'd like it if you didn't just hear him explain it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, <laughs> it's the one time I was on board with him too. It's be like, this, don't listen to this weird dude. I'm your wheelchair friend. Come on. Mm-hmm. To, us, to us in Canada, it sounded like he said this. You want to come over to my house? Eat some fried testicle? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Like mountain oysters? Mountain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's really delicious. I've had it one time. Makes the best head cheese. But our hitchhiker is also a photographer. Mm, well, you know. He know he took those pictures of that slaughterhouse himself. And I guess he's got a little side business where he takes your picture and then tries to get you to buy it from oh, him. $2. Yeah. $2. These kids were a bunch of assholes. Yeah, yeah. He's just hustling. He's a hustling $2. hillbilly. Yeah. If, yeah. if they would have paid him two bucks, I bet you none of this would have happened. Right? And, and what did they do? What, what What do you do to that picture, Andrew? When you don't pay, when when you don't receive funds? Well, you burn it up with what? With whatever that shit was. Gunpowder. Gunpowder. Oh, gunpowder. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I was gonna say all of those kids sitting in the back of the van and no, none of them know what the fuck gunpowder looks like, and then Andrew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was I was throwing it to him, anticipating that he would know. Like, why are they I, pouring Dippin' Dots all over that picture? <laughs> I feel ashamed. It's like caviar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 caviar. It's like you won't pay two dollars for it, but let me put some caviar. Are you willing to pay twenty now? <laughs> why is he putting fish eggs all over that? They're putting bacon bits. I just thought it was weed. Is he gonna cook it with a match? <laughs> You thought it was explosive marijuana. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know what it was. He was, was just like, like, "Oh, he's got some sort of thing that lights on fire. That's great." Hmm. Must be charcoal. <laughs> yeah, but let, let, let's be clear. This this car ride with the hitchhiker is fucked up from the get go. Yeah. One, he gets in the car. He's got nothing but slaughterhouse pictures to share from his raccoon head's pouch. Two, he takes Franklin's knife and cuts his own hand with it. And laughs and then gives the knife back. As you do. Three, he takes their picture and when they don't want to buy it from him, he burns it up inside of the car and freaks everyone out. And then as the last step measure to get them to stop the car and let him out, he takes his own switchblade from inside of his boot and cuts Franklin's arm. Yeah. Yeah, well, Franklin didn't buy the picture, the portrait. It's like he he took a portrait of Franklin and he, Franklin was an asshole so no. he deserved to get his arm cut no, that's, that's what Andrew will do if you don't buy Andrew's album online <laughs> he will come to your house and cut your arm I can't wait see it's, I think what you guys don't understand is that's just when you meet somebody in Texas and you really you know feel a connection you want to be friends it's that's that's how you shake hands at the end it's like a blood brothers kind of thing <laughs> yeah no this, this whole scene is symbolic okay this is all the whole purpose of the scene is so that he can mark 
the van with his yeah buddy. for sure that's what I was thinking. I look, they were being shitty to him. He really liked Franklin. He was Jeez. just giving him like the the Roman forearm grab. Except you know it's a blood brothers thing, man. It's Texas. We're all we're all this brothers. Is, yeah. This is evil, demonically marking the van. You know what? I don't I don't want you to come visit Texas. How about that? You just <laughs> you seem to just want to shit on everything. The good news is though is that with this demonic symbol, um, the family here and uh, Leatherface don't actually come to this van or use it for anything after this, but they do live right next door to the the people or you know close range. That was a demonic symbol. I don't know if it was demonic. It was also it was definitely a mark of some kind. Oh, okay. So they're actually Franklin's was. reading into it. He's got a he's got a what looks like a dookie in his mouth and he's and he's taking a look at it, yeah. examining it, thinking it means something more than what it is. Right. Yeah. I want to get to when they get to the graveyard to check out whether their grandpa's body is still intact or not. Because once we're there, we have a nice old school, old fashioned horror trope, which is a oh. like prescient a prescient uh warning from a drunkard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, and we got that in the original, in a couple, I think, of the original Friday the 13th. Um, you know, the old man with a warning, or the old drunk with a warning. This time we get to the old drunk. That's, that's. I mean, now that I think about it, that's kind of just genre, not even just horror genre, that's just film-wide. Yeah. You uh, know. To stay chronologically, chronologically true to the movie as well, we have to point out that this that whole scene with the drunkard in the cemetery happens before the van ride and the hitchhiker. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember if they got the hitchhiker first or after the fact. Uh, I guess in this case, it's after the fact. But then they also, uh, once they get rid of the hitchhiker, then they what? They stop by the gas station? Mm-hmm. Well, the lack yeah. thereof station. Yeah. Yeah. The we don't have gas today gas station. And that's when we first meet redneck Neil Diamond. <laughs> That's right. Redneck Neil Diamond, who we will later learn, is uh, the father of the hitchhiker. This is like a really bad joke. It's like, okay, guys, hear me out. So, Redneck Neil Diamond, shitty Kylo Ren, and a baby in an apron walk into a bar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then they meet their dad, their grandpa Nosferatu there, and he starts (laughs) sucking on fingers. (laughs) <laughs> just, just the hitchhiker was like Adam Driver. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's like if no, uh, he looks like James Franco. If Kylo Ren and James Franco had a dirty love child in like Reno or something, that would be him. Birthmark Adam Driver slash James Franco had like yeah. a filthy redneck love child that bathes in olive oil. Oh, oh man, it's doity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nasty. Best part about that gas station scene though is the like little redheaded lackey guy. Oh yeah, that's outside, and he just like every time the gas station owner walks back and <laughs> forth from the car, he walks back and forth with his little bucket. <laughs> And he starts cleaning and stops cleaning and starts cleaning and stops cleaning. He's like, oh, we done? Okay. Oh, we going back? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he looked, that was, he was yeah. doing a thorough job, but he did, definitely didn't get any blood off of the van. Well, I mean, no. I did, did his character have a name? Because if he didn't, it should be Lucky. Yeah. And I'm sure his cleaning bucket was mostly urine. And probably his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> that was his own little pecan. His best friend Bucket and the combat boots his mom gave him before she died. Yeah, but the gas station owner does not want them to leave. No. He hears that they've got this house that they're going to go visit. 
He must know that that house is next to his house, right? I assume so. Probably. Then he starts talking about how the girls don't want to go hang out in some dirty old house. They should come inside and get some barbecue. And that's where Fatty Franklin gets that weird piece of sausage uh, or like boneless chicken that he's just suckling on. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Okay. <laughs> it looked like a, a fat cigar or a baby roof, like it was Caddyshack or something. It's the most disgusting part in this film. Yeah. And you have fucking bucktooth redneck Walter Matthau making it for you. So, which we later find out, it's probably people. Probably. You know? Yeah, I think that's... that's probably... Yeah, it's people ribs or like, you know, wrist to mid forearm. Just a little section of it or something. Yep. You know? The meat went to sausage and the bones went to uh, a chess lounge. But it looks... <laughs> Arts it and looks, crafts hour. It looks like a dookie. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. correct, sir. Yeah. It looks like he hands behind his back went diving into a litter box. <laughs> That's how he got yeah. paralyzed the first time. The box wasn't deep enough. That or it's Toby Hooper's cigar, and he's sucking up to him. That's what I was thinking. When you mentioned him having a cigar, I was like, maybe that 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 poo in his mouth. Maybe or, that's him, like, kind of like shit. They hated the director, and he's always dicking around with his cigar. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this barbecue, but I'm going to have it off the shot of my mouth. Shay. Like so, a little meat cigar. Yeah, so it's like, fuck T-Hoops. I can a see that. meat they cigar. All, they all hate even that more dirty but it's like because he's he's staying in character the whole time but he's also kissing ass to the director by trying to smoke cigars with him i mean it's 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 called schmoozing not kissing hey, ass it's like do you always have to have barbecue sauce on your face <laughs> where else am i gonna put it for later oh it's like he took like a like a Slim Jim beef jerky stick and like just sucked the meat out of the plastic casing I've that's how I eat Slim Jims. I was actually just thinking we were talking about Macho Man Randy Savage last night, and I was actually thinking about this today before coming up here. I would this is kind of gross. I'd bite the end off of one of them and I would squeeze it and it has like the fat and grease that like squirts like it comes out in like little wormies, almost like Play-Doh. Mm -hmm. And I would just suck that off of it and then I would bite the Slim Jim, but not all the way through and pull out all of the meat. So you just have like the flaccid casing yes. and i would casing. i would chew on that like gum until it was done mm. that's how i go about eating snapping in to a slim jim mm, you just like franklin that thing dude i eat i it. love slim jims man and macho man well that's why i eat them in private wow. marissa likes to snap into them oh no i know maybe i'm insane and the cream rises to the top <laughs> now we're going to the house the broken down one the broken down house And then right after that, he jams his own knee into the wall and hurts himself and then whines about it. So he's not paralyzed. No, he's pathetic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And faking it. He's an invalid. I will say, I have felt like that before. You felt like an invalid? Well, you know. No, like, like, like going... Yeah, just like screaming and just making fart noises with your mouth. I felt like that before. I'm sure I've done it when I was younger. I don't anymore, but every yeah. once in a while, you just want to make fart noises to the sky because you're not an ass 
Asperger, an Aspergian baby. Wow. Younger, like last week. Got it out there. <laughs> Aspergian girl living in Orwellian world. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm just an Aspergian girl living in a Orwellian world. Uh, I'm it's sorry. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Boombastic. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, he yes. can't even be alone for a few minutes. No, they but get to his house and people go upstairs and he's like, <laughs> I'm a fucking baby. Well, yeah, a couple of things about this scene. One, they do just leave him. He's like admiring the blood smear on the outside of the van, trying to figure out its deeper meaning. And other guy, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Manslut? Kirk. Kirk just throws the rag in his face and is like, you clean it up, fatty. <laughs> And he, well, he he was like, no, 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 So it's like, dude, if you don't want me to clean it up, you can dick around with it and clean it up when yeah. you're done. Fuck you. And they all, go, they all go inside the house to have fun. And I want to mention, if you watch this movie again or ever see it on TV or whatever, watch this scene where pathetic uh, Franklin is trying to roll himself into the house to join in on the fun. Because they are having more fun in that house than you will ever hear anyone have in your entire life. Than you will ever right. have in your life. The, the two girls do not stop laughing for like 10 straight minutes. Yeah. No, Any... that, that, that's true. Yes, I, I do remember thinking that that was ridiculous. I also remember thinking, did this movie really have the foresight to make the blood on the van turn brown so realistically? Or did they put real blood on that van? Like, you know, all that, yeah, all that animal blood from just the, the making. The color change from when it first gets applied to the van to when Franklin's investigating it is oddly very realistic. Is that because you're used to wiping it off the grill of your van? <laughs> uh, Andrew, hand me the gumpowder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, here you go. Here is that go. where you like knock the hookers' heads against the side of your car? Um, give me that. Are you not that, the babysitter? Give me that picture of Russo. <laughs> are you? Are you not the babysitter? No, I'm not the babysitter. My friend. <laughs> That's the sound that someone's head makes when you hit them with a car also. There you go. Andrew, let let daddy. Oh, let daddy have a little lick. That's <sighs> 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 yeah, raunch. And right away, Franklin figures out that he is once again the fifth wheel with two wheels of his own. Does that make him... How many wheels is that? We have to so seven, seven, seven wheels? wheels? Yeah. <laughs> He's like Wheels, the old uh, Burger King Kids Club mascot. The one that was in like a jetpack fucking wheelchair. You remember that? Oh, gosh. He's got four wheels. He's got four wheels, and he's the fifth wheel. So we're working on nine, going on nine wheels. Um, And he's still dragging ass. Yeah, he notices like a weird voodoo nest on the ground of this house. Mm -hmm. And then Kirk and... um, I think it's... Oh, it is Kirk. I thought it was Kurt. You're right. Kirk. Kirk, Kirk and Pam immediately want to go off somewhere and just start fucking. Yeah. Because it's not going to be in this gross-ass house that's full of like weird spider nests in the ceilings. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going quote-unquote swimming. Yeah, they're going to go for a swim. He's going to take his dick for a swim uh. in some of that sweet, sweet Texan poontang. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And they need to ask Franklin where it's at. Apparently, it's a path that goes between the two sheds out back. And they are going to slowly and rather prettily 
walk their way through a bunch of nice slow shots of of a nice warm afternoon sun and they're going to make their way over to the neighboring property. Yeah. Nice shots. Nice shots throughout this whole traveling experience. They're going cuz they think they're going to get gas. Yes, they hear a generator going at the at this neighboring property and they're going to go see if they can get some gas. And this house this neighboring property, this house looks nice from the outside. Yeah, for like a, a farmhouse. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere, Texas. It's definitely better than their house. Yep. It's got a nice bench outside. It's got some rose bushes that are halfway in bloom. Mm-hmm. Like, from the outside, they have done a good job making this place inconspicuous. You think it's uh, Hillbilly Neil that does all the rose pruning and garden work oh no that's leatherface for sure well i mean i'm just saying because uh (laughs) fat diamond he's the one that did all the cooking you're just the cook so you know no i I, leatherface is out there with his chainsaw in the bushes and his spray bottle just edward scissor handsing (laughs) making little sculptures like (laughs) kirk's a little too nosy though isn't he? Yeah. Oh my Ed gosh. He's an so asshole. He gave he gave his girlfriend a present yeah. right before he goes into the house. Yeah. A tooth. Yeah, that yeah. was oh, yeah. expected. And where did that come from? Yeah. It just fell out of the out of the roof. It yeah. from like he's the top a, of the door frame, like where you put a spare key. He's like, yeah. no oh, okay. Nothing's a big deal. Oh, there's a tooth on the ground. It looks like a human tooth. No big deal. Oh, the door's open. I'm just gonna go inside. Yeah nosy bastard well, that's how it was in the 70s like you couldn't really get a hold of anyone ever you you walked around most of the time in the 1970s just assuming that everyone you knew was dead at all times until you physically saw them <laughs> that or the 70s <laughs> oh, was just goodness. walking around looking yeah it's like a schrodinger's cat of friends so even though part of your brain says hey there could be a killer in this house why is the door open and no one's home the other part of your brain is thank god human contact Ugh. It's a strange time. Hey, Pam! Hey, Pam, I think there's a dying pig in the hallway. Hello! Oh, that, that was that for a sound effect? That, that was, was a good there. one. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a good definitely one. a good one. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that is... That's probably I, the best headshot. In I the told movie. I told Nathan I was like, "Yeah, he deserved that." Who goes into someone else's yeah. house? Yeah, actually, uh, we brought that up. That um, kind of everybody that Leatherface kills on his property in Texas, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like mostly legal. What happens in this movie? Yeah, if yeah. somebody is on, obviously not, uh, you know, grave digging and all that shit. But those people went onto his property uninvited and just started snooping around he as a texan has the right to bash their yeah, shit in. not only on his property but inside his house yeah it's not like, like they were at the bottom of the stairs by the porch yeah they ah. let themselves in yeah so, second amendment right andrew it's like a trespassing second yeah except you know he used a hammer <laughs> well, well yeah. i mean he's oh. efficient also i don't know if you guys thought it was weird but you know, while uh, Kirk is standing there at the doorway trying to figure out where the sound is coming from and whether he should go inside or check or not, once he decides to go into the house, he runs in full speed. Oh, yeah. He doesn't, like, step a couple of steps in and go, hello, no anyone here? Likes- he just runs for the hallway. Hey, he, no one likes indecision. He he's, de- he's a decision maker. He's a leader. 
He moves in with authority, and he dies twitching. Yeah, I, I was gonna throw out there that he was the loose cannon. He was the he wild gets, card. You know what I mean? That's what he deserves. Oh yeah, yeah in sure. a heartbeat. Has yeah. the he definitely? Yeah. He just blazed in a blur of bell bottoms and then and then someone chest hair. Pam is outside and she's like, "What happened to Kirk? I'm gonna go check it out." And a nice, I think this is a really nice shot of her walking up to the house. Yeah, rising from yeah. the swing, yeah. and then and the camera follows her from behind all the way up to the house. This is a very yep. nice shot. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Fair oh. enough. It's a nice ass shot, but I actually want to talk about this part because <laughs> this is the cinematography of that shot. The, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Is when Kirk runs into the house and he just like basically headbutts into the chest of Leatherface. Like, whoops, <laughs> Leatherface. Hits him in the head with a sledgehammer. One of the few impact sounds you get in this movie. I think they cut a lot of those out for rating, maybe? That's weird. I'm not really sure. But yeah, you don't usually get impact sounds in this movie. But for a couple of the sledgehammer ones you do, and this one you definitely do. And as soon as he hits the ground after being laid out with a sledgehammer, just starts full body convulsing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has to hit him one more time with the hammer to really kill him. And then just takes his body in like one big strong movement and just flings it to the side and then slams that metal door shut. And then you get that creepy fucking sound bumper that kicks in that. Yeah. And then straight to outside. And even though you're getting like a ludicrous ass shot, I feel like I feel like instantly the movie changes from that point. Like it's been goofy, like weird redneck bullshit until then. And right after that door slam and that weird sound and the camera angle of her ass all of a sudden the movie feels different to me from then on. Yeah, yeah that's the jump sure. off. It's like, you know, no ammo in Snowpiercer. Yeah. It's that moment. It's like from here on out, this is full speed ahead. We're getting crazy with this shit. Yeah. It's a shot of her whole body, Daniel. It's not just her ass. Right, but it's focusing on her ass, but it is no, just a low you're angle. Focused. You're focusing on her ass. It's the whole body equally distributed. No, what like I'm someone here is an ass man. Oh, that's for damn sure. But what I'm focusing on actually is the fact that you get this weird kind of creepy effect where even the camera doesn't want to go into the house. Like the camera follows her like almost to the steps and then it stops and it's like you go the rest of the way. Like it has our feelings about what's happening. Uh -huh. yeah. Like, yeah, we want to go in and watch the movie, but fuck, you, you go, you go to stick your toe in first, you know? No, I hear a whiny dog that's in pain. Maybe I go inside. If I hear a a pig that sounds like it's half slaughtered. I'm running away. Nah, I, I hear a dog in pain, and that probably—that's the person that's probably crazy and weird too, doing some weird shit. <laughs> oh man, if I heard a dog crying in that house, by the time Leatherface got to me, I'd be like, I would just be a crying mess. You know, you <gasps> wouldn't even want to hit me. Pam, when Pam gets grabbed by Leatherface, and you know. <laughs> 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 to the house they they cut to the room that he's taking her to and they do a shot with the hook right in front of the camera looking looking at leatherface bringing pam into the room so you immediately are like oh shit like the hook is is what is looking at them with you and immediately you, you think oh no and then he does plant her on the hook that was the the shot where the hook's kind of hanging on the left, and they enter through the like top right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They do the shot where the hook is right in front. Yeah. 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 And you, you get it right away. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. 
And that's and it's actually disappointing to me because that's one of the parts of the movie where they don't have an impact sound. Oh, and I really wanted one right there, like yeah. a nice hefty like. Yeah, yeah. Is there no sound? No, there's no. It's totally silent when he hooks it's her silent. up. Yeah. Can I just say that this whole wielding of the chainsaw business is troublesome to me? It is a little bit. He has to get a little bit artsy fartsy with it to yeah. extend like, some of those scenes that they can't have much violence in. No blood. Like he goes out of his way to just, you know, just move the chain. I feel like the director was like, just move the chainsaw around and <laughs> like push it out and in and, and do things with it. It's, a, it's like a dance. Yeah. A moat with your chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A moat with the yeah, and he does. He it's actually, but it's actually even though there's they're doing some cheap stuff to avoid having to show anything, that too is a really nice gruesome shot of him sort of rocking back and forth over the guy's neck with the chainsaw, and she's hanging in the background. Honestly, I I I had forgotten how uh, same story with Halloween. How I guess tame this was to what my memory of it was uh, in terms of violence and blood and shit everywhere. Um, and I completely forgot it was like that. So when he starts doing that with the chainsaw, I'm assuming cutting up the dude or, you know, whatever. I didn't see any blood go anywhere. There was no blood on the chainsaw. So I thought he was sitting there like dancing around her friend with the chainsaw. Like, look what I could do. And like, oh, I'm getting closer and then nothing. And like, oh, just like barely like, like just catching like a little nick of the neck. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, no, no. Just like, oh, it was close. But no. And then she's just like, no. <laughs> just hanging there he's like oh like oops I almost tripped like mm-hmm. that's what I thought was happening because there was no blood on the chainsaw and I thought that was funny but then I realized it wasn't supposed to be because it was supposed to be actually blood everywhere <laughs> caught myself a few times thinking you know 1973 remember remember 1973 this is probably the first time that anyone's ever taken a chainsaw to someone's body like this I understand on camera right and yeah. i'm just i mean for for my personal experience of the movie i'm like i'm always thinking like now we're so desensitized and they've done sickening disgusting things mm-hmm. on film now and back then i'm like thinking man if i was in a theater watching this in 1973 this is not going to be as cheesy or as corny as as i'm thinking it is right now but. yeah i mean oh, yeah, psycho sure. gave people heart attacks yeah it's, it's going to be gruesome you, you see how the people that saw it then painted the like cultural understanding of what the movie is because you get this idea from the people that actually saw it that this movie is crazy violent yeah and you go back to it now as a 30 something 20 something year old in 2016 and you're like oh what why are they hiding everything yeah i would love to see some necks exploding right now yep yeah Yeah. why isn't he ripping the 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 arm off of his body with that chainsaw yeah obviously what should be happening right now (laughs) yeah Sign of the times. Yeah. And, and oh, Jerry, what are you doing, bud? Oh, okay. They're just going to kill everybody really quickly. Wow, this is really moving along. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we cut right away from him doing that to the, the pair in the house. We go back to Jerry, Franklin, and Sally sitting by the van. I guess they're ready to go. Yeah, I think so. I think that's They're just going to, like, hang out at this house for, like, an hour, and then they're ready to go? I guess so. Either way, they, yeah, so they can't find the other two. So Jerry's going to go off and try and find them. He leaves Sally behind to take care of Franklin. And poor Jerry. He's going to run into the same fate that his two buddies ran into. He's going to stumble across this house. He's going to walk in like an asshole. And he's going to 
freak the fuck out of Leatherface. Yeah. This is a weird scene where even though Leatherface kills him with a sledgehammer, just like the previous two, he Leatherface is actually the one who's freaked out. Startled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that adds, uh, what would you call it, humanity to the monster? It does. It adds humanity to the monster. It also adds insanity to the movie. Yeah. Because then you're all of a sudden stuck in this weird dramatic plight of Leatherface, which is storming around his house and opening curtains, trying to figure out where the fuck all these kids are coming from. Yeah. And uh, always, he has, like, different faces for different times of the day, apparently. Yeah. Different, like, duties that he thinks he should perform. And just has different, <laughs> different skin masks for all of them. Because yep. the first one he had was, it looked like multiple stitched together. And then the last two that it looked like he had were two different people, but were the full faces just skinned off, not cut together with anything else. Right. The one he's wearing when he's freaked out after killing Jerry is like his classic leather face face. Yeah. It's just regular skin stitched together just to give him something to cover his own face with. And he sort of embodies that. I guess that's like his butcher face. Yeah. And later on in the movie, he'll adopt the mommy face, which yeah. is even more disturbing. And with the the cardigan and everything, and too. And the wig. Hey, he knows, he, he knows what he feels is necessary. Yes. At the core, I would assume, and of the vast majority of horror films is some crazy mommy issue shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Just thinking of Leatherface in this movie... And how ridiculous the second one gets. What if Chris Farley was a whore? Oh, yeah. Chris. Uh, if Chris Chris Farley could have pulled off some dark He could have pulled off Leatherface pretty crazy, too. He's yes. physical. He was. He would throw himself around. He could do flips and cartwheels and all that stuff. No, tortured comedians like that can nail dark performances. We could have seen something crazy out of Chris Farley. One hour photo. Yeah, yeah some Williams. one hour photo shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have a question, and my question is, uh, why does this movie become a zombie movie? Oh, with like, the grandpa? Um, when when the guy gets in there and he opens up the freezer, uh, the girl's dead, and then she opens her eyes and her arms come up, and then she flops over the freezer. Right. Well, obviously, she's dead not again. quite dead yet. And then he just tosses her back in there like she's dead again. Okay. Yeah, she's not. She's not. She can't be completely dead yet for her to have that reaction. Although I wish that she didn't just flop over the side like she was dead again, because it does kind of give you this weird, "What the fuck was that?" kind of moment, where you're not really sure if she's alive or dead. It'd be nice if there was some consistency there, where she was still kind of moving a little bit, so that when Leatherface shoved her back in, you were like, "Oh, okay, she was slightly alive," instead of, "What was that?" Oh, I I didn't get confused by that scene, but I do like the way that he tosses her back into the freezer. Yeah. He, he just one hands like, her forehead and she flops perfectly back into place. It's like a little doll. Yeah. I was like smooth, Leatherface, smooth. There is a a a, a sense of I don't know, maybe I'm alone on this, but I just feel like the whole thing, like Kirk walking in like, "Oh shit, <laughs> like fuck." <laughs> okay, he's down. And then, no, 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 don't go in there, Pam. Don't go in there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, this is this is happening very quickly. And then Jerry, like, just trots over to the house. And, Jesus, Jerry's going down? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Jerry's yeah. going down, yep. Who do we got left? How much is left in this movie? I'm, like, checking the running time. Like, fucking, wow, they're all going down. Yeah, it's very quick. Because then we cut back to Franklin and Sally. Then now it's dark. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple more shots of the moon. 
Uh, I think maybe now, I don't no, not yet. It's not until later that we established that it's a, it's a full moon. But we know for sure that Saturn is in retrograde. <laughs> um, and this act, this actually one scene in the movie actually really annoys me. Like I found that when I was watching it a second and a third time, I fast forwarded through this, which is watching Franklin and his sister Sally fight over the flashlight for like fifteen minutes. Oh Childish, gosh. petty fight over the flashlight. Awful. Yeah, that went on and, way and too long. Leave the fucking headlights on so that the battery can die along with the gas running out. What a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and so Sally wants to go run off and try and find Jerry because they know they should know by now how well that plan is playing out. One of them going off at a time to find the other one. Yeah. But th th then That's to be fair, she does have to haul Franklin, who's a large man, in a wheelchair through the woods. And she does That's a pretty good job of it, too. That stuff drives me nuts in these movies, Daniel. You know, you know stuff like this, little things where it's like the headlights. Like, what, what, what? Why are you leaving the headlights on? <laughs> why are you doing that? So they can find their way back. No, fuck that. Find their way back. You're risking the battery going dead. I don't. In those old '70s vans, I feel like the headlights could be on for days. Irresponsible behavior. Can we talk about um, Sally? Is is her name? Can we talk about her nipples? Yeah. Oh my god. We already did. Loud and the proud. shadows they cast. They're, they're not in retrograde. No. So. <laughs> uh, I give that a retrograde A plus. Uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can can you guys do me a favor? Probably. What's let's uh let's kill Franklin. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Franklin is definitely the next to die. And he's gonna get another carefully angled chainsaw death yeah but it's the way that it just kind of comes out of nowhere that i'm totally okay with like yeah. they're just turning a corner he's acting like a little bitch and all of a sudden there's leatherface just jamming a chainsaw into his chest and sally's got nothing to do but scream yeah well, she yeah. doesn't even attempt to run or anything just watching it and screaming rubbing those nips there it comes pretty quickly after this uh flashlight fight which just adds to the satisfaction because your irritation level with Franklin has peaked. They're running through the dark. This is kind of the weakest filmed part of the movie in the dark. And you're just kind of happy that Franklin's out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a relief. Yeah, you're happy to move on from Franklin. And then they continue this running through the dark part. And I kind of lost me in this part. And he's, you know, running around with both hands on the chainsaw. And something about that bothered me. Like, why would you run with both hands on the chainsaw? You don't want the thing swinging near your body. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Especially with all those down out of his way. And yeah, like you could walk by holding it down with one hand and that could just bump like a stump you didn't see and you just took your own shin off. Yeah. You know? The behind the scenes reason is that apparently this Sally girl or Marilyn Burns was really slow and everyone on set could run faster than her, including... Gunnar Hansen in like three wow. or four inch like platform shoes to make him look really tall. And a mask. And, and a mask a and a chainsaw. Suit on. Yeah. Tucked in nice. Yeah. Shit. Apparently it was like a joke on set that she couldn't uh like she couldn't put one foot in front of the other. So wow. everyone had to pretend to be slower than her. Oh. So then he had to do creative shit like stop and cut tree branches down because she can't get her fucking ass on the road. And then her dumb ass gets into just like a little a nice little walled in cradle of bush and stops to scream. Yes. And that's it. 
Yeah. I mean, and uh, Marissa and I so almost she, at the exact moment said, like, she shouldn't have been screaming in the first place. She needs to move through that thicket as quietly and fast as she can. Yeah, no. and fucking dirty up those white pants. Yeah. yeah. To her credit, though, I think in this movie, she screams more than any woman I've ever heard scream in a horror movie. She's yeah, a sure. And they're all good screams. They are good screams. They are just unrelenting. Yeah. And it, that's mm-hmm. it's got to be so much easier motive wise as an actress if it's like oh shit jason's chasing me and you just hear him stomping around with his machete or you know you don't really hear uh michael myers swinging around a butcher knife or whatever but running away from the sound of an impending chainsaw Mm -hmm. i don't care if you're acting that puts you in a zone yeah you're waiting for that that spitting chain to make contact with your soft, pathetic flesh. Yeah. You're and just so scared it's going to get louder and louder until it's right on you. Uh-huh. Oh, Either yeah. way, there's something awkward about this whole running through the forest scene that really comes across as awkward. And the filming of the run through the night is kind of weak. And this this is not my favorite part of the movie. This is. I'm, I won't disagree that the, the night shooting was weak we got uh daniel has it on blu-ray so we got to watch it on there so that made the colors more vibrant so it made it a little bit easier to see what was going on but uh i I don't know if you guys watch the same movie but two hands on a chainsaw is like one of the least weird fucking things that leatherface does (laughs) yeah true but i also thought like i'm when i watch movies i'm always thinking about ways that it could have been improved and i think that him he, he would seem more ominous if he looked more comfortable with the chainsaw he doesn't look that comfortable using the chainsaw at any point in this movie at all like yeah, he's it looks too much for him yeah he's like but, awkwardly using it and awkwardly moving it around it seems very foreign to him and most of the time to it, me well i just it thought it be. it lent to the fact that he was just crazy he didn't there was no rhyme or reason to how he would swing it or kill somebody he just wanted to get it in somebody no, no, he, as he, soon as he could yeah but he's he's a butcher like yeah. a, a butcher might be able to break down a, a huge piece of beef in no time at all but you ask him to go chase a girl in the woods he's gonna look awkward yeah he's not used to using this chainsaw for this reason he's used to using it to cut heads off and cut arms off and cut legs off so we can throw that torso in the oven exactly and it's like, hey, examine the motivation of Leatherface, the character and the depth of his personality. Um, I would just like to point out that the impact of that whole scene running through the night is to make him ominous and her afraid. And him being an awkward uh, carrying a chainsaw fellow is not really as effective as it could be in that scene. If I made excuses for every horror movie, I'd be handing out minus threes and plus twos, and that's not who I am. Right. What the, the hell is that supposed to mean? It's just Nathan <laughs> being offensive. The whole point of this is that we're gonna get we're gonna get her to trail us all the way back to the house that she does not want to go to. She manages to run to safety to the one place she shouldn't go. And while she's there, we get introduced to Grandpa and Grandma. Yeah. Well, who, well, well the gas station, right? right? Gas station. She goes there first and gets attacked with a broom. No, no, she goes. Yeah. No, no, she runs into the house, sees the grandparents that are dead. Window. And jumps out the window. Yes, Leatherface breaks the door, cuts the door down with a chainsaw. She runs out of a window, self-defenestrates, 
like Rambo style. Oh yeah. And then she runs to the gas station from there. Oh yeah. For the the run through the night. So we were. <laughs> Sounds like an eighties metal song. <laughs> run through the, the house, night. Jumps through the window. Run through the night. Gas station. Gas station. Right. She busts and in the, the door. Who wields a broom with such efficiency? That's <laughs> right. Barely taps her hand. His, his skills with the broom are Top unprecedented. Notch. Oh, they're fantastic. legendary. He's, yes. he's fantastic with that. Broom. They spent hours filming this scene because they could not get him to hit her with that broom hard enough. Like he just wouldn't do it? He couldn't do it. He kept like holding back and holding back and hitting her too soft and hitting her too soft. And everyone was getting irritated. And even she was irritated. And finally she was like, you better fucking hit me with that broom like you mean it because I don't want to do this scene anymore. And so he finally gives her a couple of hard taps at the end there that breaks the broom. Mm-hmm. And I think he actually breaks the broom over her face because they talked a lot about her having a black eye from that scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, he he looks like be that guy. Yeah. To me, that the what's great about that, to, the cook, the old man, the cook, the dad character, whatever you want to call him. Fat Neil Diamond. He, to me, he's my favorite character in this movie. More so than Leatherface. He's scarier to me than Leatherface. Not because he's actually foreboding or even strong. And even in this movie, he's exposed as just being the cook. He doesn't like to kill. He just likes to make the food. Yeah. Those Bugs Bunny teeth. Yeah, but above all that, it's his acting. I think I don't know if it's his if the acting is superb or if it's just that he's so like mindless and oblivious that he doesn't understand how great of a job that he's doing. But everything he does in this movie fucking freaks me out. When he co- when she's like waiting in that room for him to go get something out of his truck and he comes back in and he has a bag and yeah. then he pulls a rope out of the bag, the way that he behaves is unlike any other movie usually guys know they're gonna fuck you up with a bag or they don't know what they're doing and they're just as confused as you are but he has this weird in-between ground where he's like kind of casual he's like okay don't freak out but i'm totally gonna fucking kidnap you right now (laughs) (laughs) make this as painless for you as possible yeah oh man he does he ties her up in the bag and he throws her in the car and he has that nice little scene where he goes back inside to close the door and turn the lights off oh yeah and he has to mention that he uh doesn't want to run up the electricity bill yeah he's like i'll put us out of business (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah and then the whole car ride back to the house he's just like weirdly giggling and like jabbing his broken stick into the bag and like poking he's her good with, with it. that. He's he's good with that broom, Daniel. He's good with it. It's like he's caressing her with those pokes. I mean, he's got a, he's... <laughs> Yeah, those pokes are so disturbing to me because he goes back and forth between like being a normal person and then giggling like an insane person and then back to normal. And he's legitimately enthused by just sitting there and Yeah. And then he's like he like gets worried for a second, like something's wrong and like stares out the window and the moon hits his face and he looks concerned and then he goes back to giggling and poking her with the stick. I'm like, this is so fucked up. He is the cook, so he's gotta tenderize the meat. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what the poking's for. Right. And with the broom that he sweeps up with, so two birds, if you ask me. Yeah. You wanna powder those bones. Uh, I well, okay. The reason that I can't see him as like the creepiest character is because it's once or twice it seemed like he felt for her like he almost not necessarily wanted to let her go but just kind of wanted to stop whatever was happening and he possibly felt bad about it you know he had a little bit of uh the adding heart to a monster 
but it never came to anything, obviously. But that's why he was never that creepy to me because I feel like he did have a little yeah, he remorse. does. He does have some remorse, some concern. And once he gets her back to the house, it is just straight fucking insanity. Yeah. yeah. From here on out for the rest of the movie. My favorite shots in the whole movie, all of the close-ups on her eyes, those are probably my favorite shot. Yeah, those are those are old school, like tripped out type of shots. Those oh, like yeah. super close ups and the panic and the looking around. And it looks I know, like I said, we watched on Blu-ray, but it looks good for 1973-74 film. Mm-hmm. It looks clear, like the focus is really sharp and oh man, I love it. I wish there was more like a pupil dilation. That'd be pretty cool. All you'd have to do is, you know, shine light in her eyes or something, but they looked really cool, the red veins and the whites of her eyes. Oh, yeah. Darting around. Was- yeah, because there's, there's a whole play out. Like, we think it's just because we see Hitchhiker Guy. We learn that he's part of the family. Yeah. Leatherface is sort of like the dumb, dumb butcher brother. The older one is the one that enjoys killing. James Franco, Adam Driver, Quasimodo. Yep. There you go. And then the dad is the cook. So the two sons are the killers. Uh, Leatherface specifically being the butcher. I think the older one is just crazy. He just likes the killing part. Yeah. And then, of course, the dad's the cook. Who's the real killer? The real killer is... Grandpa. He's the best killer. He always does a good job. He's good with that hammer. Yeah, Grandpa used to be the best killer at the slaughterhouse. Yeah, you should only take one one blow. I was going to say, he didn't even get a body count in this movie, so it's like... Oh, he's the best. All right, well, we'll see. This walking dead-looking motherfucker. Well, he used to be the best. We assumed the first time she entered this house that he was just as dead as the grandmother was. Yeah. But then they go up and they haul his decrepit ass downstairs. And I wish I had this clip, too, because it sends shivers up my spine, which is when they cut her finger and let Grandpa suckle on... Ugh. Come on, man. Oh, God. You know, you don't like that? I can barely, I can, I'm like watching your face do it. I can barely handle it. <laughs> but the way that he like. Hands are fantastic. Uh, yes, and he's a vampire. Yes, on top of that suckling, the part that really makes it is the way that he like kicks his wrists and feet up in the air, and like this weird baby getting his diaper changed sort of moment. Like, oh, if you're just listening to the audio, that seems easier to get through. If you imagine her being horrified at somebody picking barbecue spare ribs out of their teeth with a toothpick. Yeah, it's it's the only time that she stops screaming in this whole 30-minute climax is to reel in horror as this disgustingly old man sucks her finger knuckle deep. Wasn't it, you said it was like a 16-year-old? Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a teenage boy in that old man costume, yeah. I bet he was about it. Mm-hmm. You know, suck some cornstarch off of a white bell-bottom girl's finger while she's screaming. Sitting in that... 
disgusting room full of decaying animals for 30 hours with that horrible headpiece glued oh, to his man. face. I wonder Nips how many times he had to suck on Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> it was all pruney. Oh, it's like that scene from that Whoa. from that spoof movie, Mafia, where the, bur- the, the grandpa gets, like, heavily burned, and so he's got, like, burn victim mouth, and then it's just close-up shots of him, like, trying to suckle on, like, tangerine slices. Oh, oh God, God, I almost fucking puked. The only movie old men should eat fruit in is The Godfather. Mm. And just for that, you still kind of have to die after doing it, too. Right. Sorry. How about that scene from uh, Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Which one? Oh, the one where... uh... Oh, man. I mean, the food doesn't even, like, make it into his mouth. Oh, with the... When he's, like, chewing on the grapes? Yeah. Yeah. And the second one. And he's asking Pippin to, uh, to sing to him? Yeah. It's that guy from the show that you guys love, that J.J. Uh, that, uh, uh, Abrams yeah. show. Oh, John Noble? Yeah, yeah. John yeah. Noble. Yeah, he's sucking on that fruit while Pippin's singing. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know. I kind of feel like right now that's what's on the screen for us is the close-up shots of her eyes as she's screaming, and it's flashing to the father who's... You know, brandishing his buck teeth, and yeah. and Adam Driver, James Franco, Quasimodo is is taunting her and tapping his face, and they're all giggling and laughing at at her pain, and it's uh, it's almost better with the audio off. Actually, it, is it like uh, you really get to take in the shots better? The screaming's very abrasive. Yeah, it's almost the screaming is almost overdone. I, that was I actually thought about that. I hate movies that are just constant, like you know, torture porn movies and stuff like that. That for extended periods of time, you hear uh, girls like whimpering or screaming or crying. I can't do it. This one was manageable. Maybe because the chainsaw is covering over top of everything. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, way way too much screaming. Did we already discuss uh, when she? I'm- I have a much more appreciation for all of these shots with the audio off and the screaming gone. Yeah, I, it's I thought it was just pretty an crazy. interesting experience I'm having right now. Well, yeah, have we gotten to where she like passed out and then she wakes up tied to the chair at the dinner table? That's where we're heading. Yeah, right. That's that's where I want to go because that's where I feel like this movie achieves the thing that it, everyone is so happy to claim that it does achieve. There's also the terrible moment where she says, I'll do anything, just let me go. And I think everyone who's watching this at that point is like, no, don't say that. (laughs) Like, don't don't say that. You don't know what they're going (laughs) to do. You turned on grandpa's engine, so now you got to drive him home. Yeah, grandpa needs a wife. Thank you. Oh, man. Do anything? Are you sure? uh, Mm -hmm. You don't know what's in their book. God, are you going to go have a menage with grandma upstairs? He performs cunnilingus the same way he sucks bloody fingers. Uh, lovingly. Mm. Passionately. With a tongue darting out between solid latex. <laughs> oh, that was... That was... Yeah. No, I want it like, yeah. So I, I can't remember if the blood sucking, the finger, she passes out from that or if they knock her out. I can't remember. Either way, she wakes up this in this super iconic scene of this movie, which is she wakes up tied to a chair. She doesn't quite understand where she is or what's happening. She looks and she sees the three men 
Leatherface included, in full mom gear. A dead armadillo on the table, just as there was one at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Leatherface in full mom gear, with his mommy face and makeup. <laughs> and as soon as she realized what's happening, I think she sees the grandfather twitch in his chair or something, she starts screaming, and then all the men at the table start screaming with her in, like, a mocking way. Like, howling and shit. Uh-huh. Just amping up the insanity of everything. And then the dad starts getting pissed off. Like, all right, that's enough. Let's not torture the poor girl. Let's just fucking kill her and get it over with. Yeah. And then there's like a weird skirmish between father and son about who's the more powerful one. Yeah. Just the cook. And it's all this crazy shit about them fighting with each other. And then the actual part that I feel like, for me, weighs heavy on my mind about how I'm going to come out rating this film is... As she's screaming and freaking out, the rest of them just sort of calm down in this weird... They're like they giggling and laughing and sort of like poking at her. Leatherface is like crawling down the table and they're making mocking gestures at her face. And then the, the dad, the cook, is just like looking around the room as fucked up music and sounds play in the background. And it's so... Like it's such an LSD vibe off of that scene watching them all laugh and then they get lost in like weird sounds for a while and then go back to laughing like the scene doesn't cut away the camera doesn't cut away yeah unless you just sit in that bizarre insanity for a long time yeah Yeah. until you yourself feel like you're starting to trip out like everybody's trip hits them at the exact same time like they have this weird hive mind yeah. yeah, like everybody's just like, oh, ha, ha, we're all in together with this. And then everybody's just in their own world. Like they don't even know where the fuck they are. And it's so difficult to capture that sensation on camera. You really have to like just have all these elements into place, which they did, which was people in a sweaty room for 30 hours with dying animals. Everyone hates everyone, but they can't leave. So they're just dedicated to this thing. They are probably themselves going insane in this environment. So it comes across on the camera very well. Yeah. And it's this one particular part with maybe a handful of others that make me toggle back and forth between what I think this film deserves. Okay. It's actually, we just heard about that today. Uh, The uh, Jodorowsky movie, Holy Mountain. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? Mm. Well, there's uh, one scene where it's kind of like all these people... Uh, saying goodbye to their old lives and their old bodies and everything that entire scene the actors and actresses were on shrooms and that like kind of led to like how the scene came out but that's what it kind of reminds me of like uh t hoops gave them all shrooms or acid at the exact same time and they all have the same tolerance level so it hits them at the same time and it does in a weird rhythm for all of them that's the way that it feels. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it kicks over from this already huge, insane climax into them trying to get Grandpa to hit her yeah. on the head. And, like, the, all the fucked up shit that's going on in the background. Like, the dad is like, yeah, hit that bitch. Hit that bitch. Freaking out. And the, they're laughing. And Leatherface is, like, trying to be the mommy and, like, put the hammer in his hand and, like, help him. Yeah. yeah. Like, help the Grandpa hit. And it's just not quite doing it. And Kylo Ren's just behind her, like, let me do it. I'll do it. I'll do it real good. Yeah. And what's more disturbing than getting one good hit in the head with a sledgehammer It's getting a bunch of, like, awkward side swipes to the face and the hammer falling in the bucket and you just being like, if you're going to fucking do it, can you just do it yeah, now? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But then, because of that scene and situation, we get the second window. Yes. Which is probably, that's her most just G move. And she did it twice. 
you twice. Don't, you don't see that in uh, common horror movies now or uh, recent horror movies. It's always like, oh, we're in the house. I mean, the windows don't open. She didn't even try to open that shit. She knew that's glass and she was enough woman to throw herself through it. And she did twice. Twice. Yes. Both times. Zero hesitation. Then, Straight out the window. Doesn't give a shit. That's, I mean, that's all she's got if she's running slow. She's got to do crazy wild card shit that nobody else would do. Yeah, that's what it takes to be the final girl in the, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have to self-defenestrate twice and then race out into the woods, bring both brothers with you, Leatherface yeah. swinging his fucking chainsaw around, and they're going to go in you know, br- bright daylight, which I think adds like a nice little extra disturbing factor to this they is don't that give a shit they don't give a shit and it's not your average nighttime everything spookier in the nighttime this is like come on up on like 8 a.m texas i was gonna say it's yeah. it's sunrise in texas out there in the middle of nowhere yeah people are already working they're working they've been up for hours working they, they got shit to do five. got up at five already had coffee ready out the door at 5 30 yeah who yeah. is this bloody girl oh my god there's a person with a chainsaw yeah yeah, truck driver ends up hitting the hitchhiker brother and killing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the trucker gets out of his truck to be like, hey, why are you screaming, white girl? Oh, it's the fucking psychopath. Yeah. And he, uh, we do get a lovely impact sound of that wrench hitting Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Just that nice little beep. It was yep. so, it was just so, mwah, it was nice. Yeah, he tried to help the girl out. He did, he did pretty good. The, tr- the, the, the truck driver grabbed a wrench, threw it at Leatherface's head, knocked him down. Leatherface saws through part of his own leg. Yeah. Literally the only gore we get in the whole movie. That mm-hmm. is why you hold with two hands. Yeah. That's there you go, why. Nathan. If there's a lesson to be learned. Chop your own leg off. He, he follows that scene with the only time that he holds it with one hand. Oh, yeah, when he's swinging around in the sunrise. <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to the sunset dance. Yes, my favorite part of horror films, uh, the dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. What, what do you think of this one? Uh, this one rated lower. I did like uh, the sunrise in the background, though. That's like It, yeah, it was like was a nice. Quasimodo is dead. She got away frustrated expression in sort of a ballet. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, very ballet-like. Against the sunset. Uh, really brought this down in rating, that scene. See that uh, That's Marissa, funny cuz that's all the critics favorite scene. Yeah, that's that's the scene um well when Marissa and Daniel when we brought it up they're saying like you know he's super pissed that she got away and that possibly his brother's dead and all that. I kind of just saw it as he is so insane that none of that phased him and he's just like amped up. He's just an amped up crazy dude. And when she's looking back and like, you know, still screaming and crying and shit, he's just kind of dancing around the middle of the street. Like everything that just happened and all of her friends dying and all of the brutality that they just went through, everything she just saw meant absolutely nothing to him. Like he almost immediately forgot about it as the truck drove off and now he's just being himself. I don't I don't do that. I don't inject character stuff where it doesn't exist. Well, what I'm saying is you all of you guys your initial reaction was, "Oh, he's super pissed." That was my initial reaction. My initial reaction was actually, "Oh, wow, the director instructed him to flail around with the chainsaw and it's not character driven. It looks awkward and terrible." And wow, what a terrible way to end a movie. That was 
stupid. Like, no. um, yeah. Well, you're well, you're definitely alone in that. Yeah. Down comes the rating. Yeah, because that's most the most of the time when you see shots from this film in other horror films, it's usually this one here where he's frustrated at the end, swinging his chainsaw around in the sunset, or uh, the 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 dinner scene. Yeah, those are the only two scenes from this movie that are ever captured and put in other movies and it well, is a little bit awkward i get that saying that horror movie appreciation <laughs> horror movie repetition is not necessarily an automatic demonstration of excellence or something that needs to be repeated yeah i don't really have any judgment myself on the scene where he's dancing around in the sunset with the chainsaw to me it's more that <laughs> She sounds great. <laughs> that there's sort of a weird double-edged sword way that this movie ends. In one way, it's like incredibly abrupt. The girl hops in the back of a truck. She gets driven away. He dances around in the sun, frustrated. Boom. Credits roll. That's yeah. it. End of movie. Part of me is like, whoa, what? But then once I sit with it for a while and think about it, I'm like, yeah. I don't need the scene where she goes home and like takes a shower. I don't need the scene where she's talking to the cops. Or... Where she goes out to visit her friend and Leatherface shows up and scares her in a last minute twist before the ending. No, she sees him in like a reflection or something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then loses it. And then she oh, she opens she opens her medicine cabinet mirror once. There's no Leatherface. Closes it. Boom, Leatherface. And then that's it. Right. Yeah. I don't want that. So even though this movie kind of struck me as abrupt when it ended, after I thought about it for a while, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad it ended that way. This movie is nothing but just a portrayal of insane shit. And it ends at the end of that insane shit. With a crazy dude flailing around like a crazy person. You know what I mean? Just revving that shit like he doesn't even care about gas prices. So not a like, wow, that's the the deeper meaning came back around and looped in on itself and none of that. Yeah, so it didn't give you exactly what you wanted, but it didn't give you what you didn't want. Well, apparently it didn't give Nathan what he didn't want. Uh, Nathan, why don't you lead us off here? What do you rate the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the 100 Lunatics horse-specific rating system? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is competent. The first half to three quarters of it is filmed quite well and actually looks like they put a lot of effort into it. And then it seems to be like these these epic scenes that are being congratulated and applauded are the scenes specifically that I'm kind of at odds with. And they seem overdone. And there is, I don't know, I, I, I guess I'm alone in that area. I, I don't understand um, why they would be celebrated because they do seem to be the most forced or the most awkward, in my opinion. But anywho, um, yeah, I'm going to go with a plus one because I think that it's it's not a bad horror movie and it's not it's not deserving of the negative side of the scale, but it's also not, I don't think, anywhere near any sort of legendary status that it has reached or is applauded for. So I disagree with all these Rotten Tomato ratings that it gets and uh, IMDb ratings. I don't think it's anywhere near that. I think it's more like a, like a 5 out of 10. or a. So it's just like Mad Max. Um, <laughs> Your wow. goddamn Mad Max agenda. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a difference here um, with those because they're the different genre. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go plus one. I'm going to say probably strong plus one, though. Like it's, it's kind of flirting 
with with more, but just uh, these epic scenes are not communicating to me. And I think it's because some of that stuff, you know, that we've been talking about where it just feels like the the difficulties and frustrations they experienced while while filming, a lot of that stuff kind of comes across to me in the movie as I'm watching it. Like it doesn't I'm not buying into what's happening and the overdone screaming and everything is just kind of like ah you kind of I'm I just I just disconnect and then the abrupt ending I hear what you're saying that it it does make sense for a horror movie to just end and not go through the you know cliche nonsense at the end but <laughs> I don't know something about him dancing in the sun with the chainsaw just like meh, mm, no, mm. <laughs> like you should have had that song was it a well, he's swinging the chainsaw around. <laughs> Something about it, you know. Like I'm sitting here watching it over and over again while you guys are talking, trying to like challenge myself to say, "Is there something here that I'm missing?" And and maybe I am missing something, and maybe critics are smarter than I am, but I don't know. I, I, it just looks forced. It looks forced and terrible to me, and I can't get it out of my head. So plus one, and I'm gonna leave this. Hey, it is what it is. Plus yep. one, Andrew. I would like to say that on this second viewing, uh, I seem to enjoy the later scenes a little bit more with no volume. Um, <laughs> but I also feel pretty much the exact same way that Nathan feels. Um, I don't have the disdain for the dance scene, though, at the end. Um, that comes across so strongly with Nathan. <laughs> um <laughs> But I do feel like uh, this it builds up like it's going to be fantastic and then it just leaves you wanting like wishing that there was better execution with everything. Um why does there have to be a final girl? Like I I think I would have been more satisfied if she just got if they killed everyone. If if the grandfather had had pulled it off and they all just cheered and just like hammered her in the head and the credits roll. Yeah, abruptly end with her head like splattering inside of that tub and we're good. Yeah, you know, they all start clapping for Grandpa. He starts kicking his feet like he's sucking a finger. <laughs> hey, you walked across the same, the, the wrong fucking farm, and uh, that's what happens. All Welcome of you to die. Texas. Yeah, all of you. you die. That's the end. Yeah, I think the thing here for me is that uh, I might have enjoyed this more on the second watch with no volume than I did the first time, which means that my score would have gone from a, a very low plus one to um, a uh, just above a very low plus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it nudged a few centimeters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, millimeters. Uh, yeah. It didn't didn't even reach like just a plus one. Mm. Still, Could, still on the lower side. Could we say two and a half centimeters? Wow. Sure. So you're actually yeah. technically lower on this than Nathan. Can we? So yeah. You just gave it an inch. <laughs> Did I? Two That's all I got to give. Uh, what is that? Like ten point six nine centimeters. No, two and a half centimeters. I just, I just did it for you. <laughs> All right, someone All right. else. All okay, right. guys, hurry up. Give it your plus threes. Crusoe. Um, before watching this, just from remembering what I had seen before, however long ago I watched it, I was thinking like, oh. Shit, just remembering all the hype for it, too. I was like, this might be like a plus three. And then rewatching it, it's very much like 1.75. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I have to round up, fine. I'll round up to a two. But I'm not going to do it with, like, a complete smile on my face. 
<laughs> That's how I feel about it. I, I fair enough. No, I rounded up too. Yeah, yeah, I understand it gets the the credit it gets for being one of the earlier horror movies, and I respect that. But just like Halloween, people remember it as like these gory slash fests that are like these staples in horror, and they are because of what they did, but not for those reasons. And Texas Chainsaw was just enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, if I gave into the hype, I'd be like, oh, positive two, straight up. But I'm not, so I don't really... I actually kind of... <laughs> oh, dark secrets exposed. I know, man. Marissa. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a positive two for me. Not a strong one, by any means. Especially since re-watching it since I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, it's just not as crazy as i remember as violent yeah. very non-gory gore but film it still wasn't bad at all well i think other than andrew who seems to have taken a firm seat on a one i'm hearing a strong one from nathan i'm hearing a weak two from you guys and this is exactly where i found myself as well wow. because i think some of the incredibly acid, hallucinogenic, tripped out, crazy scenes that they have in here. Not that the scenes themselves are that crazy or even that spectacular. I don't feel like Toby Hooper was munching on a cigar, stroking his beard, and being like, no, move the camera two inches to the left. You, scream a little harder. You, swing the hammer different. I don't think it was that planned. I feel like most of the great moments in this movie are accidental or circumstantial. But there are some cr absolute crazy acid trips in this movie that they pull off that pushes me beyond a one. Not quite into a two. When you said 1.75, I was like, that's exactly where I'm feeling right now. So strong ones and weak twos. I'm going to hop in on that on a weak two. It achieves some crazy respectful shit for what it's trying to do and with what it had to do it with. So I'm going to give it my two. But yes, there's definitely problems in this movie. Way too much screaming. Way too tame on some things. And lingering way too long on certain scenes that don't need it just to fill out some time. What's helping it achieve that that plus two 84 minutes if you're gonna go with something insane that's a short ride you can make it you can make it all the way to him dancing in the sun week plus two wow i feel like this was kind of like a a bonding experience for us <laughs> i think we really covered some ground here guys i'm i'm proud of us i think we did the only thing to do now is to find out what we're watching next time Go ahead and crank her up. Wilter, show us the way. <laughs> the category is sequels and remakes. You will be watching the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sad. Starring, starring the good Freddy, Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, oh. Ho, ho. wow, Nathan. Damn. Nathan, <laughs> the hate mail.
I can smell the shit you just took on that movie from here. Yeah. <laughs> can smell the Franklin mouth sausage that you took on that movie from here. Damn. Come on. Can we all agree? Robert England is a terrible Freddy. Robert England wow. is Freddy. Awful actor. Brando is the worst Vito Corleone I've ever seen. Jackie yeah, came no... in on top of what was built before him. Poor comparison. There's no there's no second Godfather movie. Exactly. One. Hey. And I guess it means nothing that England got to do it, uh, what, seven or eight times? And <laughs> Haley got to do it once. We've thoroughly been through the franchise. And I think I was quite clear that a lot of those movies were unnecessary and didn't need to be made. Some of those, those are the best episodes. Though. All gems in their own right. <laughs> yeah, those are some of my favorite episodes. Never forget Fetus Freddy. Oh. I'm really disappointed with Wilter right now, knowing that I now need to watch seven more movies. Oh, uh, wow. You're yeah. Are you going to do your history with Nightmare? Yep, he's taking the trip. Nice. Okay. You don't need to watch them all. Yeah, you do. Just number two? You can skip two. Uh, and the remake is good. You're going to want to focus real hard on uh, four and five. I don't know if I'll be focusing very hard on anything. No, they say number three is the best, and it's not. And number two is way better than everyone else says it is. And number one, yeah. I, hey, you want to watch Johnny Depp as a prepubescent teenager? Yes. Do I ever? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when don't I? <laughs> it's the only time I want to watch anyone. Oh, God. Hey, yo. How many underage teenage girls have heard, I'm going to make this as painless as possible? All of them. (laughs) 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 Andrew Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Intern Chainsaw Massacre. There we go. Alberta Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, uh, Speaking of, real quick before we go out here, uh, Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface in this movie, would you like to care to hear about two other movies on his very short filmography. Okay. Chainsaw Sally and Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Wow. So he's just about that. So he's like the face guy, the same guy that wrote The Mask, also wrote Face Off and Dark Man 3. Right. Okay. It's all about faces. In this case, it's all about chainsaws. Okay. Uh, Although Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers is like a wonderful little piece of cult wonderfulness. You've seen it. I own it. Oh, and we will get to it one day. Damn and, it, we'll and get to it. The Canadians will be in on it just because it'll be way worse of a horror movie than they're used to, but way more tits. Okay. Like, just tons of tits. So like dancing and shit? You know, there's lots of dancing okay, just and make... just, just boobs yes. everywhere. Boobs yeah. and dancing and and leather face, not leather face. Yeah, high-waisted 1980s underwear. Oh, that's your jam. With chainsaws, yeah. So, yeah, it's everyone's jam. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That'll do it for us. Uh, what we got here? <clears throat> Ooh, no lyrics. Nice. It's that instrumental cut. Just that instrumental cut. A VIP mix. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight for a lengthy, lengthy look at um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course, visit us 100lunatics.com. Visit the website, check out some episodes, older episodes, go all the way back, especially since next time we're doing the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, you're going to want to go and listen to all of our original Nightmare on Elm Street franchise podcast episodes. Totally worth it. Especially funny because those are our younger days where I'm a lot nicer and Nathan is a lot meaner. Believe that. 
We finally get to watch the good Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Spitting venom over there, man. I have a feeling of how Nathan might react to the new Nightmare on Elm Street. And I feel like it's going to be like, why did they surround this beautiful actor's dick that I want to suck with a horrible movie? Damn. Ah, <clears throat> uh, Jackie. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. You bizarre, strange-looking, red-headed, bald little man. Oh, yeah, uh, Rorschach, right? Oh, Rorschach, yep. That's right. Also, a uh, sidekick on the short-lived TV series Human Target. Also a pedophile on uh, little little children. Yes, played a pedophile. Oh, so this will be his second time playing a pedophile. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> drop us an email. Uh, OneHerLunatics at gmail.com. Drop us a line at Twitter at OneHerLunatics. Visit Nathan at IHateHorror. Andrew at the intern TPP. Carissa at at MJ44. Clarissa. Clarissa, yeah. I've just combined both of you. That's, that's Christian MJ44, baby. That's fine. <laughs> that, that's basically it. That's Marissa yeah. at MJ44 and Caruso at Christian, baby. You know where to find us. You know how to search for things. Don't make it any more difficult than it has to be. Good night. Good night, Marissa. Good night. Marusso? <laughs> That's our celebrity. Uh, oh, God. Let's go adopt like a Cambodian baby. When you guys get locked up in Canada, is it just like you're. When they post bail, it's like a very sincere apology and they let you go? Yeah, and they put you in an igloo for a couple hours and then they apologize and let you go. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. They just like peel back the little curtain over the igloo. Like, learned your lesson, eh? We're really sorry about this. Here's some maple syrup. (laughs) There you go. This will warm you up on the inside. This moose will take you home. He knows where he's going. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and that moose can ski. <laughs> wow. And we don't, we don't ski so much. They have, you know, hockey skates on. Yeah. Do you guys own snowshoes? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like like, like like two. Is that like do bear shit in woods? A question. I don't know. Or? Like is that? Yes. They do what own them. Like I've got multiple colored snowshoes out here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or are you being an asshole and that's just <laughs> shoes I can wear in the snow? I mean, like, you know, tennis racket looking shoes. Yeah, they have, like, designer ones. Oh, that's crazy. Like, aerodynamic. So, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Burns has these naturally pokey nipples, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. That they didn't instigate this in every scene on purpose. They just stumbled across the perfect woman. <laughs> It's a Criterion Collection, a movie in which there is a scene of a prisoner hurling his cum yeah. at an FBI agent's face. Throws a jizz wisp at her. Wisp. <laughs> <laughs> like pushing a graduated cylinder in, into a stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Do you know who Brett the Hitman Hart is? Yeah. Did you know that he is the creator of and 
was the owner of the junior hockey team that I'm a season ticket holder for, the Hitman, the Calgary Hitman. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, it's all connected. It's a big circle of life. He, wait, he's the one that killed his family, right? No. No, no that was a... Uh... Pretty sure that's him. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was Brett. Yeah. No, I mean, it's nope. tragic as shit, but uh, if it wasn't... Uh... Oh, Chris Benoit. That's who it was. There you go. Anyway. (laughs) You and I are this summer. We're going to go out in extreme heat and we're going to stay out in extreme heat until our nipples get pokey. (laughs) With a one-handed drummer and fucking hair up to the gazoo. What are you doing? Up to the gazoo. (gasps) Oh, for God forbid. Leatherface to interrupt a Def Leppard concert. <laughs> want to keep a cat out of here. Hair metal time. Yeah. When you're trying to keep a clear kazoo. Hey, hey, Nathan. Poor, poor word choice. All hey. right. You seem to be going well here. Do you have like a review or something that we can hear know. about? Is He's, that is it no, time no, for that? No, 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 no. Hey, hey, you do this on Trailer Park Podcast. You push the producer to do things. Hey, you <laughs> take your hat off and you brush the hair out of your kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, you put him in his place. <laughs> in my place, Daniel. Can you pull your head out of your gazoo? Yeah, cover it up. Sweet. Uh, no, they're firmly attached. How did the gazoo become the ass all of a sudden? Get gazooed. Like a wide gazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good solid stiff gazoo. A wide load gazoo. <laughs> <laughs> WLB day. <laughs> I like floozies who hide kazoos in their kazoos. Mmm, a kazoo kazoo. Mmm. <laughs> Test Chainsaw Massacre. That was fun. <sighs> Good stuff. Was that episode longer than the movie? Yes. 